0: yeah you listening to entmoot what are you up to what are you listening to <laughs> okay. Whatever. Hello, welcome to Entmoot Podcast. It's the 86th episode. welcome along. It's Harry here, in charge of your Entmoot audio audio listening for the day. Uh, apologies uh, for the the weird thing. I just want to do something different to start the podcast uh, to make sure you are aware that it's not just me copying and pasting the very first few words of the podcast. But welcome along, and don't worry. Uh, I know. I know what you like. You like to sit down, you like to light your pipe, you like to, uh, you know, get the fire roaring, swish the whiskey around in the glass, sit down, get the wireless on and listen to a bit of Entmoot. And uh, it is all pretty much going to be the same uh, as usual. We've got uh, a solid, reliable format of episode uh, lined up for you with uh, a little bit of spice brought by the tournament we're going to, which is the Battle of Numerous Tears and not Just any old Battle of Numerous Tears. No, no, no. This is a Battle of Numerous Tears, which is all the way over in Belfast. Yes, that's right. Very exciting. Getting on a plane uh, during the course of this episode... I'm not recording loads while I'm on the journey and giving you a sort of vlog. Let's just give you what you want, which is uh, a bit of a rundown of army, a bit of a rundown of the tournament. Uh, we'll talk to the uh, the players, at play, the winner of the tournament, the TO, which is Sean Spruell, um who's an absolute legend and uh, was an incredibly gracious host uh, over in uh, Northern Ireland. So we'll we'll speak to him. Uh we may even uh, uh, touch on the 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 trials and tribulations of uh, of it's a regular Entmoot contributor Tim, who Tim who joined me on the plane over to uh, Northern Ireland. But um, first things thir- first. Um, oh, and in fact, there will be stuff on YouTube. If you go onto my YouTube channel, Entmoot videos, um, uh, newly rechristened this year, uh, then you'll be able to find some uh, some sort of little uh, little shorts they're called um and you can you can see a little if you want to see a bit of uh, what we got up to in belfast there's some good fun stuff uh, that we did there but this will be all for the SPG stuff the serious things so uh, without mind episode 86 we're we're getting uh, ready to build an army in a second but first i think it's about time we need to look into this event pack because i think recently uh, i've i've sort of I don't want to say glossed over the event packs, but often um, they can be summarised relatively easily, either by saying this is a, just a fluffy event, you're encouraged to bring fluffy stuff, or by I don't know the points limit, or you know doubles or teams or whatever it is. But this one is genuinely different, um, and that's one of the things that attracted me to it. Um, uh, obviously, Belfast is is. A, a big draw, and it really, it was really excited to to jump on a plane and do that, uh, especially so early in the year. Have a few Guinnesses, generally have a nice weekend away. But I think actually this 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 pushed it over the edge. The uh, some of the special rules. There are two special rules, uh, two main special rules in this thing. One is the Treasures of Kazard D. Now uh, it's called Kazard um because this tournament was originally in Dundee um, when Sean lived there. He's now uh, living in Northern Ireland, so that's 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 what he's doing he's uh he's just transported his uh tournament pack over and i guess he could call them diamonds of the, or the i don't know gems of the emerald isle or something like that but it'd be the same thing anyway so uh what he's got is he's he's got the special uh the start of game one um which is a variant of seize the prize where there are three prizes and they're worth slightly fewer vps per, per, per prize um but otherwise it's the same um at the start of that game on a random number of tables i think it's like 10 or maybe 8 or, i don't know uh, he hands out these um uh, these these sort of what what he calls gems of casadum d so the treasures of dum d and they each grant a special rule to the person who has them so there are a variety of really cool ones one of them is the ruby of the rat king which essentially gives these uh, uh gives the leader in the following game a Um, A sort of army of rats like six rats or something like that follow them around and they've got like the ruffian profile so that's kind of cool there's another one where you get like a fate roll for um, uh, for your leader um, and so on but they also have downsides so for example uh, that that fate one you get a, a six plus fate save um, but you must all. Your leader must always charge the enemy if able to do so when they move. So that's interesting. There's another one that's like the luckstone of the law. So this uh, gives a re-roll uh, of one dice uh, during your game to uh, to your army. So just one re-roll. A key roll, dice roll. You can re-roll. That's brilliant. But the opponent may also force you to re-roll a dice. So so there's some really cool stuff like that, and and I I really like that. So there's a there's a, a nice uh, nice mixture of little little uh, sort of add-ons you can fight over and obviously um, they provide extra little prizes and just something extra to focus on I suppose, if if for example you've lost your first couple of games then you can always um, you can always just concentrate on trying to win uh, one of the treasures of Khazadumdi so that's a cool idea, the second one and actually this is one that I really really like this is the idea that each of your armies, so you get your 715 point army, build that, paint it sort it as normal and then in addition to that you get a model called a treasure seeker. This is represented by a Moria gob- goblin captain with a shield, but you can sculpt it, you can change it, you can mold it to fit your army, you can it can be any model on a 25mm base. So if you're using an Urukai model then uh, you know you can have like an Ereki uh, doing it, but it's fine but the profile is a Moria goblin captain at first. So and that's one of the things that's interesting about this one is that this treasure seeker starts the game with three might points um but as, uh, so it's an extra might point on the mori goblin captain but otherwise it's more a goblin profile but the start of each round uh, the um to will roll a dice and the treasure seeker will gain an additional benefit f- permanently so it gets one and then it keeps that one and then g- keeps gaining them until it has all six benefits by the end of the tournament See where I'm going with this. This is kind of cool, right? So the first, um, so there's, there are six things. I'll run through them all. But there, one of them is it's fight. It becomes fight six for this game, and then for every other game afterwards. Then it has a move value of eight inches for this game and every other game afterwards. Then it has three attacks and three wounds. Then it's the unstoppable brutal power attack um, made with the treasure seeker strength. So unstoppable is the one that Sauron has. So if it's surrounded, you can swing your mace and hit everyone. Including spear sports, which is awesome. Then the treasure seeker gains the bane of kings special rule, and then the treasure seeker can gain the heroic strike. So, depending on the order of those things, the first game, for example, he could end up being unstoppable and having the brutal power attack. So, if he's trapped, he swings and kills everyone. Awesome idea. Um, and then, obviously, the combination is fascinating. So, it, th- this is one of the main things that I thought would make this a bit spicy. So, not only do you get a free um, 750, uh, sorry, free uh, three point. A three hero with three points of might, including your seven hundred fifteen points. So it kind of makes it feel like an eight hundred point list, where you're having to take more heroes than you might normally. I suppose unless you deliberately exclude heroes and go for more troops because you want to, because uh, you're aware of that um, that inclusion. But either way, it, it, it's a fascinating addition. I love it. I really do. And here's the extra rub with this: is the treasure seeker may well be getting all those extra cool special things, but also it's an additional objective worth victory points and will be a tiebreaker throughout the tournament. So you gain one victory point for wounding your opponent's treasure seeker and two points if it's slain. So, for example, in a 12-0 victory where you've tabled the opponent, you actually get 14 because you will have also killed the treasure seeker. So that's brilliant. I love the idea uh, of this. It's a, uh, Each game is out of 14, which, which just makes it... It's just a bit different, a bit confusing, a bit spicy. I love that. Um, but yeah, you've got this extra hero. So lots of exciting, cool things including this tournament. So I guess we better build an army for it.
1: Ask. Build me a army worthy of
0: so I've decided this year I'm not building an army for Mordor. I'm not going to do my Numenor anymore. And as some of the uh, the sort of ideas that i picked up to late last year um have kind of been left by the wayside so um i may end up using the pizza dog doggolder again but i feel like that's going to be a, a lot of top table tournaments uh top table events so i've sort of I've, I've abandoned that um and the balrog i i don't know i might i might bring him back i did enjoy the tournament i play with the balrog but um i thought that was going to be my next big project but I don't know it just didn't capture my imagination as much as I'd thought it would was going to maybe because the Barrog's cool but no the other stuff isn't all that exciting maybe maybe the uh, maybe if I got some black shield shamans then I'd I'd have a bit more fun with it because it's just it's got a bit more sort of pizzazz to it but anyway that's that's not what we're running this this weekend anyway because I've decided to go for an alliance um which is the start of a, an army that I'm hoping to build up Increasingly, and do uh, sort of for certainly for my uh, local slow grow league that we run every year um, in Lincoln, but also maybe I, I'll go to a few tournaments with it as well. Uh, and in fact, I'm pretty confident I'm going to do that. So let's start with uh, this alliance, which is using some of the stuff that I'm planning to include and not all of it. The leader of my army for 160 points. Can you guess who it is? He's on a horse, it's a he, uh, he's got a lance, leader with a lance can you yes i'm sure you can it's prince imrahil that's right prince imrahil mounted with a lance for 160 points now i i feel like you don't see him that often maybe maybe there are uh, obvious weaknesses that you're probably screaming at the uh, the wireless as you uh, sit swishing your whiskey around but um he's fight six he's got three attacks three wounds three points of might three points of will three points of fate defense seven he's got a armored horse he's got a lance i mean there's he's got a massive banner effect which affects him if it's a a green alliance like i mean this is this is pretty pretty good right like i i i think he's pretty good obviously magic is the main main concern um he's you know three will is is fine but it's not not exactly resistant to magic or fortified spirit as I've been used to but he's also a damn sight cheaper than those things so I guess you have to rely on the troops that go with him and the troops that go with him can be very good Um, in this case I've decided I'm going to go mainly with men at arms of Dol Amroth now so knights of Dol Amroth are like 11 points so and they're defence 6 That you know they can be fight five, 5 within 3 inches of Imrahil but they're 11 points Um, and I thought, I'm used to using Defence 5 models uh, the Numenorians, and I don't feel like they die as quickly as I expected them to, so for 9 points a Men-At-Arms of Don Amroth, which always comes with a pike and a dagger I think that's a really good value Um, so that's what I'm going to go with so I've got 10 of those Uh, so they also get the fight value buff so they get to become Fight 5 within 3 inches of Imrahil, they get the banner effect of course, and um and they're pikes. Like, pikes are good. Uh, it, may, it may only be defence five, but pikes. Fight five, yeah. Strength three, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but, you know, pikes. So I'm, I'm I'm, interested in this. Obviously, they're not the best pikes in the game. Easterlings have clearly got the better adv- advantage of pikes with the Dragon Emperor kicking about. And obviously, there are um, fight six pikes from um, Lothlorien. But pikes for nine points, that's pretty good. It's the same as an Easterling warrior, but, you know, you get fight five okay they're just worse than eastling wise in every single way or black dragons i should say um because i think they're slightly higher in fact they're lower courage so generally pip for pip they're worse but i still want to use them because they're pikes and they look cool um so i actually haven't got the official models because they, they don't they don't exist if you go on the games workshop website search for men at arms don't exist fine I didn't realise that until i sort of committed to the army and the list, largely. But that's fine. Um, I have actually used Medbury Miniature Sculpts, which I got from my Secret Santa this Christmas. So thank you very much to Secret Santa, uh, whoever you are out there in the world. Uh, got me some beautiful Medbury uh, Miniature Sculpts um, uh, for them and some Clansmen of Lamadon, um which are also going to be in this warband. But the um, Men-At-Arms, they're, they're really nice. Um, I've also... I. I I didn't get any more of those because I, I just wanted to have a look around and see what else I could find. And I found some uh, some Perry miniatures sculpts. So uh, Alan and Michael uh, Perry, who uh, designed um, so many of the, the miniatures in the uh, Lord of the Rings range, um, I think may have done the uh, original Knights of Dalamaroth. although I don't quote me on that. Um, they may have done the original Men at Arms of Dalamrof. Anyway, they, they, they have had a great box of um, of mercenaries, like they're from, I can't remember exactly, it's like a Middle Ages mercenaries, like 1500s or something like that, mercenaries, and you get somewhere in the region of 20 models, plastic models, in that box set. And uh, they are somewhere in the region of 20 quid, and all of them can come with pikes. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that instead. Uh, I used some of the spare heads from the um, Medbury Miniatures so that we've got a bit of uniformity, but actually, overall, mostly, they're, they're just... They're just Perry miniatures heads. The knights, they look really cool. I've painted them in the same colour scheme. Really chuffed with how they look, especially on some lovely generation shift basis. So happy with them. Anyway, um, uh, you can check out some pictures and stuff on my Instagram, um, on uh, the, the old Instagram, which will be... Which now I think about, it, I need to rename. Uh, anyway, uh, search for Enbu on Instagram and you'll find it. And so that's the first warband so far. We've got Imrahil, we've got ten men at arms of Dalamroth, uh, nine point each, and two clansmen of Lamadon. Now, uh, I know what you're thinking, clansmen of Lamadon, just two of them. Why is, is that worth it? So the the big thing about clansmen of Lamadon compared with the rest of the army, courage five, very nice. I thought it might be useful just to have at least a couple of. High courage models. Say, for example, there's a witch king, which surely will will be kicking about somewhere. He can. R- the clansmen usually pretty reliable to run into the witch king. Couple of pikes behind them, hold the witch king off for a while. And Imrahil does some shopping, and then next turn, maybe the other clansman runs in, does the same thing, with some pikes behind them. Maybe kills them. Maybe does some damage because the clansmen uh, have that special cool rule where they have to go two handed, but on a roll of a six, they uh, they also uh, they. It, they don't get the 200 penalty which is cool so uh, they're only eight points each as well so for 200 weapons i mean yeah they're defense force or whatever but you know meh, fine and um, so that's cool so that's the first warband as you might be able to guess i'm planning on doing fiefdoms this year um but i haven't got very far with my fiefdoms army yet so uh, i already had Imhil painted um so that because i'd run uh, some Imhil and some knights mounted with Alisar a long time ago and for long. Um, but I'm, I I I want to go with the foot the foot, the foot version of that force So uh, no mounted um knights of minas Tirith. So uh, sorry. Damn it. There will be knights of mounted knights of minutih. I've broken I've ruined it now. Uh, so in the next war band is a knight of minas Tirith, fourteen points. Uh, I've got nine warriors of Minas Tirith with shield and spear, and a warrior of Minas Tirith with a shield. And leading said war band is the contentious, controversial, perhaps, some would say, the over the too expensive, the not very good, Gandalf the White on Shadowfax for 240 points. Mm. He's got a lot of kit, though. I mean, he's got, obviously, he's, the, he's got the two attacks, he's got the three on the charge, he's got a 12-inch move on his horse, which has will and um, a fate point. Uh, he's got, what else has he got going for him? He's got fight five, which is fine. Um, he's got a, a sword... Uh, Glamdring, which is an elven-made sword, which makes him strength five. That's good. Uh, What else have we got? We've got magic. Obviously, Uh, he's defence six. That's fine. Um, He's got all the might and the strikes and all the things you want, but mainly he's got the magic. So he's got immobilise on like a two plus, command on a three plus. Uh, he's got uh, sorceress blasts he's got your staff is bro- no i think yeah he does have your staff is broken he's got fortify spirit uh-huh, you see this is where he comes in so the intention here is that he can fortify imrahil to make up for the sort of lack of magical resistance that imrahil has Um. so that that's one of the reasons i wanted to give this a go just to see and um, and and obviously he's no slouch you know he's 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 all right. He needs to be doing a lot of work. So my hope is that because we've got the extra three points of free might with uh, the Treasure Seeker, that um, Gandalf and Imhild don't, won't need to be doing as many heroic moves as perhaps they might normally do because we've just got the extra three points of might that are thrown in the army um, with with Thingy. So that's that's the idea. Um, that's a cool war band. But to round things off, we need some more expendable might, and that is going to be Madril. So Madril, for 55 points, he's got the... Um, He's got march. He's got the uh, reinforcement roll thing. So if it's maelstrom, he gets a plus one, minus one on that. And also, he's got a bow. So he's going to be accompanied by six people armed with bows. Another controversial choice: we've got three men of Tirith, men of Minas Tirith with bows and three rangers with spears. So. I know what you're saying, Warrior of Ministry with bow, they only hit on a four, and you've got rangers there, why are you not just getting more rangers, just get three rangers with spear, three rangers without, and it'll be exactly the same number of points as three rangers with spear, and three Minister of Warriors with with bow, well, there's a couple of reasons, one, you don't see them very often, and I thought it'd be cool to see some on the table, see what happens with them, but also, also, I've got a lot of pikes in this army, I've also got a fair amount of spears in this army, so... We've got nine uh, warriors with uh, shield and spear. We've got ten men-at-arms with pikes. My thought, and we've got the rangers with spears as well, my thought is I might actually be able to get a quite a decent sort of defence five line. I know it's sounding crap, but, you know, we've got, like... we just got the sort of... And the fringes, if you really... If it's one of those uh, missions where, actually, you're not going to be shooting very much, maybe you're going to be moving loads, then... Is is a defense four ranger going to be better than a defense five warrior of ministeria? I I don't know the answer. I think maybe most of the time you'd probably want the hitting on three plus and the lower defense. But I'm not convinced. I mean, hitting out of force fine. You get one or two hits a turn. Not much. Di- I don't know with when there's a small number of. I don't know. I don't know. Let me know what you think. But I I think defence five might be more useful in certain circumstances certainly if for example i was fighting an army of six ra- with six rangers in they're hitting on threes yes but i have a defence five front lines so they're winning on six as well than five so i might actually win that shooting war who knows uh anyway that's the idea so in total i've got six bows nine might a break at 15 remaining and a quarter at seven i've got 32 models total plus the uh the treasure seeker as well, which I think does count towards a break point actually, so it might be breaker yeah, still breaking at fifteen remaining. So exciting. What do you think? I think it's pretty cool. Uh Gandalf obviously a bit of a I don't know, he's a big chunk. He's a big chunk of points, and I think because of him I'm basically sacrificing high defense across the army but he also makes up for some stuff. Like, there's a lot of offensive firepower there. Uh, protect from shooting because of the blinding light. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's you know, there's plenty going for him. There's plenty going for him. Fortifying uh, Prince Imahil will be useful. Immobilising heroes that are going to kill Prince Imahil, also very useful. Um, I mean, there's not many casters better than him in the game. Obviously, Saruman, who gets a reroll, but other than that, it's pretty much the same. Is the Witch King better at magic? Eh... I guess he kind of is in some ways, but not in others. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. Let me know what you think of this force. Um But in many ways, your opinion won't matter, because by the end of this podcast, we'll know how good or bad it is, won't we? Anyway, so with that in mind, uh, let's try and find out some other... Questions that need answers. I'm just bashing these uh, podcasts out, so there's still very few uh, of the old... Uh, queries into the email inbox. Uh, send them in, though. I I, I am keen to, to have more. Uh, so entmootpodcast at gmail.com. That's entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you have any queries or want to answer any of the questions that need answering. And um, I've got a couple of potential topics. So I'll just throw them both out there and see uh, which one you fancy. So uh, let's start with... Alex King. Hello, Alex. Well, he says, hey, Harry. Just wanted to send an email saying thanks for all the effort you put into the podcast. I'm originally from Lincolnshire myself. That's where I'm from. Uh, he says, from the sleepy village of Dunholme. In fact, I've just been near Dunholme today uh, and got into the hobby a few years back. Uh, but I'm currently seven months into backing, backpacking around Central and South America. Wow. Uh, and therefore totally unable to play. Now, there is someone. I've got a, uh, I've got. There are people I know vaguely who are in Central and South America. I think, I don't know whether Mexico counts as Central, but uh, long term patron uh, Benny Gonzalez, I'm pretty sure, is from Mexico, or he might be um, from like New Mexico or something. But either way, um, Benny, if you're in Central America, t- tap up Alex and you can have a game of SBG while he backpacks. Anyway, he says, When I'm feeling a, a little homesick or missing the hobby, Entmoot is really helpful for feeling connected, both to the uh, the delightful British MESBG scene and to home in general. Ah, oh, Alex, I'm glad to be helping with your um, homesickness because you know there's some uh, Lincolnshire may be called sleepy, and all that sort of stuff, and it absolutely is. But there's a there's a charm to being home, and uh, if you if you when you're back round, uh, I'll uh, I'll I'll save you a Lincolnshire sausage roll just for you. Um, Anyway, uh, sorry, continues. I've listened to me in nine countries so far, including the Galapagos Islands, hiking the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu, and while living in the Amazon rainforest in Bolivia for a couple of months. Bloody hell. Can't believe that you're hiking the Inca Trail to one of the most incredible sites in all the world and you're listening to me distracting you about SPG. Look at the sites you uh, anyway, oh, I really appreciate that, Alex. Um, it carries on. I was delighted to hear about the first Entmoot podium, but in regard to your recent thoughts on your increasing competitive edge and corresponding consciousness of the getting overly gamey, I wanted to say that I enjoy the podcast not just because of your tactical expertise. There's not much of that. Uh, that's my addition, not his. Uh, because of your passion, But because of your passion of, for the game, self-awareness, and for the empathy and respect with which I hear you speak to your opponents. Keep it up, and whether I'm back in the UK, I'd love to challenge you to a game. Well, Alex, you guaranteed that game. Uh, get in touch when you're back in the UK, and I, I would I would recommend personally, you know, looking looking at the the amazing sights you're seeing uh, while you're around. Um, but I I do appreciate uh, you listening to the podcast. I'm glad it makes you feel less um, less sort of uh, isolated from from your your home country. So uh, brilliant, thank you, and thanks for your kind words on being self aware and empathy and all those sorts of things about my podcast. That's brilliant. Hope you enjoy it uh i hope this one hope you're like staring at the uh you know i don't know the 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 christ the redeemer statue at the top of uh, uh rio de janeiro and just Looking up at it and hearing me just, like, whisper in your ear about um, swilling whiskey and all that sort of stuff. I hope that uh, brings you home. Anyway, uh, let's, let's look at another one. We've got Owen Dawson here. Hello, Owen. Owen says, ''Hi, Harry. I'm currently painting up the three trolls to use in a casual local tournament. I love the idea of seeing these somewhat obscure hobbit antagonists going up against the amassed armies of good or evil. And the idea of putting Aragorn in a sack is just hilarious.'' Ultimately, when, I, when I'm playing, uh, I get a kick out of fielding the Weirder Armies, as I find that some of the coolest mechanics are in suboptimal or non-meta models. This inspired a question I'd love to hear your response to. Which suboptimal profile slash model do you love and wish you could justify using in a competitive context? Well, Owen, this sounds to me like a real question uh, that needs answering, doesn't it? <laughs> Which model do I like uh, or love that I wish I could justify using in a competitive context? Well, first I'll 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 pull that question apart because uh, I I I'm quite happy to um, use models um, that aren't that competitive, that are sub-optimal because and wish I could justify using in a competitive context because I often do it um, anyway. I I like the if I like a model, I like the ideas behind the model, like the combination of rules that a model has often i just go with it and see what happens um obviously i i've I you're probably hinting slightly at the fact that over the recent months and years uh i've gotten a little bit more competitive in the game perhaps i'm maybe just more aware of of um playing the game i know how to do it more and i'm sort of aware of you know what stuff i need to do and what stuff i need to bring but generally i still i still think i i don't know do i um i mean maybe maybe i do bring sub, suboptimal profiles pretty regularly um in some ways, in fact, uh, the answer to this question that you've asked is is, is Ganath the White on Shadowfax. I mean, plenty of people will go and say, um, Ganath the White sucks, uh, you know, he, his magic's good, but it's not as good as Saruman, his combat prowess is not as good as it needs to be, and because you want him in combat, uh, often he's not doing the magic um, to make up, so you, you don't really get, get the best of both worlds out of him. So, in many ways... I'm answering the question in this podcast. Are there any other profiles that I really would love to use? I mean, I think um, there is the one of the profiles that I really do like is the uh, the Castellan of Dolgolder. Um, that's a cool model. Um, is it justifiable in a the context of a competitive list? I don't think it's considered particularly, you know, uh, optimized. Maybe it is. Maybe there are ways of using it that I haven't thought of, but. I really like the, uh, there's, there's just so many cool things. I love the kind of the mindless automaton thing about it. And it's just the big strength and the the fact that it used will of evil, that the, the, um, uh, the, the the sort of ring raids use in a slightly different way in a combat model that you know is going to have x number of things but also it's got the fate for the wheel there's just some really cool stuff i have used it before um and i really like them i I could i could definitely do do we using them again actually i do have a load of hunter walks kicking about maybe i'll bring it back but that is that is probably the answer to your question owen but I would love to hear other people's suggestions. Which what suboptimal model or profile do you love and, and wish you could justify using in a competitive uh, podcast uh, context? Let me know what you think. And the final one uh, is uh, is a question that, that I guess it's a secondary question that I I wanted to bring up after a conversation with uh, Sean and Tim, um, who featuring this podcast a, a great deal later on. Um, basically we were discussing at the end of the tournament uh spoilers i have finished the tournament already Uh, no no spoilers for the the conclusion though um basically the we have this query about should the game always reach game end conditions and sean was sort of hinting that this is kind of connected to the um question i've been asking over the last few episodes about about the, the the sort of off off the back of the event where I I felt a bit guilty of of winning a tournament because I was uh, not winning, coming third because I kind of asked I, I t- sort of tried to hurry someone along to make sure that the game got the got to the end conditions, and he sort of said, "Well, you know, that's fine to an extent. Obviously, as long as you weren't bullying him into it, then fine. But the question is, should be really what what are the game end conditions? And you know." if if uh, in a tournament setting the the clock time runs you out is that right should you always be aiming for uh you know to finish on the clock or should you be aiming to finish when the game gets to 25% or someone's broken and and you know you have to you rolled that one or two that's that's what he was sort of suggesting and and it did get me thinking because i think i trying to th- i don't really know what i think about this i think maybe because i go to tournaments a lot more um than play at home for example that i'm so used to tournament settings being how i play the game that i'm not really sure that um that i think anything of the fact that that a time condition is just part of the way you play the game like it certainly isn't a competitive context um it certainly is if you ever go to an event it's it's a key part of the the you know the things you need to learn and be aware of in fact in the last episode talking to the two top table players uh, Dave Farmer and Jake Rawson they, they kind of brought this up and you know being aware of the game state how many turns off you are from broken how, how long have you got on the clock all these things are very important so in some ways I, as much as I would like the game to finish uh, by the end conditions as often as possible it's also important to realise that that's not going to happen most of the time, you know, certainly a lot of the time I don't know, for example, if you're playing Recon against Goblin Town, like, it's just going to take a long time to move stuff or, I don't know, just Storm the Camp Uh, it's just, it's a long game, it just adds extra time, so I don't know what I think about this, but I think, I think my conclusion is that ultimately, should a game end always I don't think it always can because of just that's just not possible. So I guess, therefore, you have to take that into account if you're wanting to win. And I'm not saying you should slow play or you should, uh, you know, uh, hurry people along too much. And I felt guilty when I did uh, hurry someone along a little bit. But you also need to be aware that if, if your army is, you know, I don't know, uh, the an all-hero army that, that just needs, that will probably kill everything it needs the time to do that so therefore you just need to sort of maybe do it a bit quicker than you might normally i don't know so what do you think uh, that's the question that i think needs answering today is should a game always reach game end conditions and you know is it a problem if uh, if the clock is part of the game we talked about um chess clock timers before i don't like that idea but You know maybe that's just part of the game timer is a timer let me know entmoot podcast at gmail.com that's entmootpodcast podcast at gmail.com uh you know what do you think end conditions are they a must or are they you know only just an extra one including time all right okay so that's pretty much everything so uh that's the run-up to the the big bit we're going on an adventure and by god is this an adventure so as i said earlier on um you can see the adventure in air quotes um you can see the uh uh sort of the behind the scenes type stuff you can see videos uh, short videos these are all shorts um of uh of some of my games on the entmoot videos youtube channel just search entmoot videos you'll find it uh, and also you'll be able to see the uh, the the um youtube video of um of my previous tournament the christmas one um where uh, i run for all the, the games I had with uh, the, uh, a delightful Christmas army list. So do check them both out. Entmoot videos is the place to go for that. But in the meantime, let's head to Belfast. Let's take 715 points of fiefdoms and minas and see how we get on. And pull
2: the strap tightly to secure it around your waist. Mr Robo, where
3: are you off Don't stop, I'm already...
0: Game one here at the Battle of Numerous Tears. I've got my uh, fiefdoms alliance with Gandalf. We're here in Belfast, or Bangor technically, uh, not far away from Belfast, been an exciting trip over, uh, playing Nick in the first round. Um, First of all, Nick, uh, we're playing a slight variant of Seize the Prize. There's treasure involved. Some of them uh, reward us uh, for exciting things. There's three Seize the Prizes rather than the one. But before we get into all that, um, what have you bought for your tournament? Um so I've brought the uh,
3: Depths of Moria Legendary Legion uh, I've played with it a bit lately so I'm, I'm a bit more confident
0: with that list than other stuff that I have and the makeup's a fairly standard list you've got like a captain a, sh- a black shield shaman black shield drums and just dudes
3: yeah, I mean, uh, at this point's level, I sort of split it so that I had one shaman to maybe shatter a banner for points there. And the captains always included just to get that heroic march cuz the, they're impeded by the movement on this list. So,
0: and of course we've got a treasure seeker, which I'd completely forgotten about. Uh, we both got extra might that's uh, sort of expendable but also uh, extra VPs for killing them actually, which uh, so I yes, yeah, so I need to amend the score. But, um f- first of all, you ca- came up against Gandalf Imrahil, a weird mix of fiefdoms and Minas what, what, What did you think when you came up against it? Did you fancy your chances?
3: Um, I always think Gandalf the White's an interesting choice. Mm. Um, I don't personally see him very much, mm. and I think I really underestimated him in terms of his, his combat ability. You hear a lot of things, sort of, people are reluctant to bring him because of the points that he's worth, and do you throw him into combat? Do you use him as a caster? Um... But, you know, when you've got the Balrog, any magic caster sort of worries you a little bit, especially when they've got that, that banished spirit. Yeah, about. on a 4+. plus, yeah. 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 So, it, you know, you're thinking you don't want to go to half wounds with the Balrog because then you break pretty easily. Uh, the goblins are just there to sort of bog your force down. But um, Gandalf didn't quite do that, but it, then
0: he, he didn't need to. Um, and he absolutely chopped up goblins at the end there. I think, I think the advantage for this one is Gandalf, he needs to be moving. Um, so he needs to be, and, and ideally he needs to have the priority as well. <clears throat> and because um, your army uh, has qu- only three points of might uh, on the captain and on the uh, Black Shield Chamber plus the the Treasure Seeker, uh, true. But um, I think that meant that I had quite a big might advantage. So I had three on Imrahil three on Gandalf, two on um, uh, sorry three on Madrill and also the the uh, Treasure Keep. So I could I could often be calling moves to make sure that Gandalf could get his points worth in this game which which was handy but it also meant i could do magic and charge rather than just be in combat bogged down and and you know get just i think you're right when you said people underestimate his combat ability that's probably because when he's charged he's only got the two attacks and he slowly starts losing his fights and you know it it, it can be can be quite easy to bog him down but in this instance i just had had a lot of the priority and a lot of the moves didn't i
3: yeah and that little bottleneck sort of in the middle there uh, you'd moved enough guys uh, to sort of tag most of my force, so the Gandalf could come in and, mm. and just chip away, yeah. and then, like you say, using that might to get the the move off. Not that you needed it very mm-hmm. often, um, <laughs> you were able to sort of you know back them
0: off, use your magic, get them back in, and, and tie up the majority of the force yeah. with your yeah. units. So. And, and you're right about the the, the banish thing. Maybe maybe I sort of I was perhaps being a little cautious with the magic. I I, I did. A couple of immobilisers on the Balrog, chipped quite a lot of his will off. I did one banish to take a wound off eventually. Um, but once I'd got that one, I, I stopped I stopped focusing on the Balrog, thinking I'll probably not get many more uh, wounds off him. And I felt like I needed Gandalf to do the chopping to, to kind of clear a path for uh, the objective. So uh, as we said, there's three uh, Seize the Prizes in this one. And the Balrog... Uh, you marched twice, which was one, one of the reasons why you spent quite a lot of might. And I had a, a might, and I only spent one might to march forward because I had slightly faster troops. But your Balrog did land on the middle objective, got the objective, dug it up pretty quickly. Um, so I, I knew that I needed to get the other two and, and keep them safe, uh, to in order to have any kind of chance of winning this game. Because o- otherwise, I'd need to kill the Balrog and, and or, well, at least halve his wounds, which, which is always a tough ask, even with people like, with, like Imrahil and uh, Gandalf about
3: yeah and sort of my, my main aim was sort of for day one to load the Balrog up with all those extra sort of incentives that we're going for um, and try and make them even more formidable for, for day two so
0: yeah because of course the special rules in this, this tournament we've got all these extra prizes that, that so one of the prizes was in the middle so you you turned over uh, something called the Ruby of the Rat King which essentially means your Balrog in the next game will have six rat uh, profiles to accompany him which is kind of fun um, and um, they, they're like the, the profile of a ruffian or something like that. But, but yeah, so he's now got some extra buddies to, to bog people down with and, and pair people off, which is awesome.
3: Yeah, a bloated warband to sort of keep that, that line in front of him um, mm. well reinforced so that he can whip in key yeah. targets. Yeah, so absolutely. it keeps him safer longer.
0: That was, I think uh, one of the things I was quite proud of in this game was that I managed to avoid being whipped, um, with, certainly with Imrahil and with Gandalf, and that's probably part of the reason why I was a bit cautious to get Gandalf and Imrahil in, is I knew that all it takes is you to whip Imrahil in once. Um, I don't have the lance bonus if you whip him in, and if I fluff the strike roll, Imrahil's dead. Not that.
3: Yeah, I think it's it's a hard one because, you know, you're whipping moving into combat mm. um, and you have to get him close enough that you risk, you know, one guy getting in mm-hmm. negates that whip on the shoot phase. So... Yeah. Um, I, I think it's hard to get the, the whip you need to have that front line and you had enough of a wrap um to sort of stretch my line to ensure that the whip was never really going to be much of an issue for the heroes
0: yeah absolutely Yeah. so yeah you're right you need to basically have a, a line of goblins and then be whipping a hero over the top of that line I guess to, to do it and, and once your line started crumpling, that was one of the reasons that I, I really went hard for your sort of uh, line and my pikes were really helpful for that first turn was complete Crap, but, but but after that they did slowly turn through. Um, but yeah, I, so that was the right main reason. Because as soon as I could tag the barrow every turn with um, anything, um, then it, it really mitigates that uh, that threat potential for for Imrahil in particular. But eventually, Imrahil got the um, the objective. Uh, a, a ranger passed it off to him, and he just ran off the board slowly, uh, just to make sure that those those VPs were safe. Um, and then another Minister of Warrior got it into the opposing board half. So so it was all just about how much damage can the um can the barrow do and i noticed just in time i think you uh, you got me down to 13 um kills so i needed th- uh, you needed to kill four more guys um and uh, i realized in that turn i was like uh-oh if i keep throwing two guys in uh, every turn you're going to break me uh, in a couple of turns at the very least and then i'm screwed um i'll i'll lose that uh, that advantage so um yeah i managed just just to notice that in time and again that helped the might the priority rolls really, really went my way for that.
3: Yeah, definitely. I was hoping that you weren't going to notice how yeah. close you were. I sort of stood here counting up what I'd killed so far mm-hmm. and thinking, you know, if you wanted to trap the Balrog, which is what you were going for, yeah. I was more than happy for you to do that. Yeah. And then maybe I sort of made a bad move in barging to try and avoid the trap. Yeah. Um, because there's been a couple of times where you don't roll that six with the Balrog. And you're in such big trouble, especially yeah. when you've got that many dice in on them.
0: Yeah, yeah to be fair, I, I think the barge might have been a mistake um, because you could have killed four of those guys in that turn and instead you barge, charged two and killed two, which, it, it, you know, it's not it, obviously not quite as good. So, um, yeah, may, maybe that was a, a slight error. But, and also it meant that because all my guys were th- at least three inches away next turn and then you, had to, you could only charge two rather than more than that. And it, and it made me sort of more aware, oh, well, actually... Now I can move them away, I think. So maybe that, that might have been a, a bit of a mistake. But uh, in the end, the, so I ended up being 14 dead on my side. So I needed, uh, yeah, I needed three more dead at least. Um, and and luckily I got one of the uh, prizes off the board. The other was in your half. That was worth two VPs in the slightly uh, altered um, uh, victory conditions for this scenario. You got one in my half, w- which is the rock. You were not broken. Nobody was broken. And I wounded your leader, but you didn't wound mine. So I had a slight advantage. I did kill the Treasure Seeker so I've written down 5-2 but I think that makes it 7-2 by killing the treasure is that right? Yes, well, we'll yeah. double check that but either way it was, a, it was a win to me by the skin of my teeth I think
3: um, y- yeah I think early doors it, it felt very close especially with, like I said when we got bogged down in the middle there um, I think that can go either way you know bad rolls you end up stuck and not doing much and spinning the wheels but um you know turn 3 and 4 you really started cutting through that that
0: sort of soup in the middle and and the pikes really helped with that cuz just having it was quite a small gap between a couple of ruins meant that I could I could sort of Really focused down on uh, kill it, making sure I kill everything that I'm, I'm fighting and, and having those three dice looking for the, the fives or whatever it was that I was looking for made made, made a big difference. So I'm, I'm quite happy with how the uh, pikes have performed. It's been not too shabby start. And, and as you pointed out, Gandalf absolutely fantastic. Imrahil doing loads of work, uh, just just churning through stuff. He managed to get a cheeky heroic combat off to kill the treasure seeker in uh, the early early doors. Also spent some time to kill um, the Gundabad Black Shield Shaman which. Um, Tried to shatter his lance the first time, but uh, failed. So, um, yeah, I was I was pretty tough with that. So, um, well, Nick, either way, uh, cracking game. It was great to see the Balrog absolutely churn through stuff. Just sadly, the uh, I guess the rest of the army didn't quite live up to the, the Balrog's example.
3: Yeah, no, really good game. Um, you know, my experience, they the games go like this: the mm. the goblins really peel off, yeah. and you're left with the Balrog. But um, he does enough to sort of cut away at a, a lot of the force to get the break, and then you know. I think people are reluctant to try and get the the wounds on yeah. him. So you you tend to snag that little break point, you know, where you're unbroken, opponent broken. But uh, a closer game than what I felt it was, um, and, and really, really fun. So thank you
0: very much. Thank you. Cheers. Best Thanks. of luck for the rest of the tournament. Thank you. Game number two. It's hold ground here at the Battle of Numerous Tears. Uh, playing against Rob, uh, an, another Irish chap, but not... Local to Belfast Not and Bangor? Dublin, yeah. Dublin, okay, okay. So, and um, first of all, Rob, and um we're playing a whole ground um 800 points uh, 700 points plus the travel uh, uh, the the treasure seeker sorry yeah. what have you guys
4: uh, what have you brought with you so i have Elendil on horse with a bunch of Numenorians, five spears five uh, swords and five bows and spears man after man heart love that yeah uh, erastor with a bunch of spears bows and shields kind of assorted great choice and then finally Kirlan, uh, yeah, with a small war band of two bows four spears and shields yeah. and he
0: is so important in this very isn't it important
4: yeah he keeps the whole army together pretty much yeah, yeah like he's the, the glue
0: that holds it all together <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah so the, the terror thing uh, the, the command thing and the uh, blinding light it just all of that bubble effect is just so useful isn't it exactly yeah it's, the, it's very important for the army I think for sure yeah, yeah. And I think I said see surprise, It's not. It's hold the proun- it's hold ground. Hold so right, we're yeah. playing hold ground. So this is maelstrom. You're trying to get within six inches of the the centre. The most models uh, in the middle essentially wins the wins the game. And maelstrom was an absolute mare for me. I mean, when I start, uh, th- uh, I think I rolled a two for Gandalf um, after getting two other warbands on, and I decided to use magical skill to pop him down uh, to the one to keep him off. And then from then on, I rolled three more ones after that. So ones, it yeah. was it was. I, I, I don't often get uh, frustrated by Meldrum, but this one was pretty awful, especially because it was a yeah. you, you, whole ground. We knew we had to get into the middle. So uh, right, at the, right at the start, I'd spent two points of might on Gandalf um, on the fourth or third or fourth turn or whatever it was, just to get on the board. Um, but after that had happened and you and we sort of started mincing around in the middle a bit w- what did you think did you did you fancy your chances in, in terms of holding that centre ground because you did you did get there first essentially you marched yeah, yeah I felt pretty confident getting into the middle uh, it didn't go my way in the
4: middle in the end mm. but I felt pretty confident I was able to get in and hold the gap uh, the tightness between all the buildings though made it very difficult to get uh, Kieran in uh, with the rest of the troops um, well he, he yeah. was in the the back was warband, wasn't it it, he yeah. it took him some time to catch up um, but yeah, no it was it was I, I felt good, you having to burn the might to get mm. on.
0: Um, yeah, I, I did not feel good. <laughs> it's, it certainly helped, yeah. Yeah, uh, so that, that, that sort of starting thing, I think it, it put me on the back foot, definitely, and it made me think that I'm chasing this game to win it because I knew one of my warbands was so much further behind. Luckily, the Treasure Seeker can march, and that was in the Gandalf warband because uh, that's the way I deployed him in the first game. Um, so I, I thought maybe I'd be able to catch up and march. Never got a chance to march, um, and Gandalf just being able to charge into... Uh, a Restor's warband, which was sort of deployed a bit closer to kind of shield um, Gandalf off. But he was on the opposite side of Imrah- uh, Imrahil and um, uh, my other warband with Madril. So it was a little bit like a pincery type thing. I was hoping that I could crush you into the middle. Um, but of course, I'm, I'm assuming then that Elendil isn't just going to churn through me, which was a definite possibility
4: well yeah so I I had called his free heroic combat the first turn killed a couple of pikemen Uh, there was an opening to go into uh, Imrahil so I decided to take it and we'll see how it goes he did kill Imrahil's horse but didn't really make much headway and then he ended up getting trapped up against a building for
0: the majority of the game then at that point it it took an age I I, I basically said um, I kind of said look I I don't want to spend the might on Imrahil um, to strike in that turn so it gave you the, the opening you had the fight 7 I had the fight 6 so I, I sort of thought <clears throat> it's going to have to happen at some point I don't know how, how I'm going to deal with him he's just going to churn through me anyway so I thought Imrahil can take a turn of, uh, of chopping from um, uh, from uh, Elendil I, I hoped I thought well uh, if you roll four fours and I then roll, proceed to r- fail all my fate then yep. obviously it's bad and that's a disaster but I thought I'd survive those first couple of turns if, if I was lucky Um and crucially, the, the where I was, it, it kind of enticed Imrahil, it, a, it, sorry, it, it, uh, out of position, and it allowed me, I thought, to be able to t- surround and trap him against the building. In the end, it was actually you who ended up trapping him, yourself against tra- the building. I trapped him myself. Yeah. Now, yeah. To be fair, like the I, the option was either go
4: into Imrahil and make make it a very more interesting game, or just send Elendil around the back and just kill three, four troops a turn which probably would have been the better
0: tactical decision Yeah,
4: looking back on it and looking back where everything was kind of lined up that might have been the
0: better option I mean to be fair though hindsight is 20, 20. I, in that instance you reckon you, you rate your chances against him Hill right like you've got you've got the higher fight uh, I've it, as, if you win the the move offs then you're, I'm not getting a lance bonus, yep. but you're still getting your plus one. So you're winning me on fours. I'm winning you on sixes. Um, so I need to get loads of guys in there. And once Curden arrived, that was going to become harder because of the terror as well. well so that, so, that so sure, not that, as yeah. many, yeah. So but I think it was it was those first turns. The first one you you took my horse off, and that's it. But the second couple of turns, I think I we both struck off, and I won the roll off on one and got higher uh, and rolled, the rolled a better result or something than you. The, second, one, the yeah. second, so you didn't get. six or something like that so it was it was pretty pretty close but there were quite a number of turns I mean it must have been four turns in a row so he had taken Imril or sorry Elendil had taken two wounds and he
4: he was on one wound and then for three turns I think you had about 16 12 to 16 dice
0: didn't roll a single six for three turns in a row but in in, de- in your defence, you also had the higher fight value in those couldn't, couldn't with a banner, so three dice and a banner, and you didn't get the six either. So it yeah. it, it, it was it felt like, oh, my God, the, the look was... Uh, We've said this multiple times. The look just kept swinging from one pillar to post. It was ridiculous. Like, Gandalf's three, the triple one on his, uh, his maelstrom rolls were then followed by, like... His combat, he was on fire. He was getting six after six after think, six, killing think, stuff no, non-stop. Gandalf,
4: Gandalf killed about four or five uh,
0: Numenoreans. No, I think they were oh, all elves. They yeah, all yeah. elves. Oh, he he killed. killed quite a lot. Of, I think it was more than that. I think yeah. it was on, uh, getting on for six, seven. And, and then a knight, one of my, the Knight of Minas Tirith absolutely destroyed it, like four or five. He, I got, three. Was, he got three L's. Yeah. yeah, three L's. so he was really happy. And then he held off for a couple of turns before dying as well. So so there was a lot of stuff that was kind of... You, you sort of think, well, yeah, okay... Sixteen dice looking for sixes, great. I would like one, um, but equally there was a lot of stuff that was going wrong in different areas. But obviously, it was it's hold ground, so it's all about what ends up in the middle, and obviously breaks and things like that. But which we'll get into in a second. But um, I think it was it was coming to the sort of last couple of turns when I, I realised my Gandalf warband had depleted your elves enough that I. Because I had them. Yeah, yeah, and, be and, and because arresto sure. uh, had died quite early on, he'd spent two points of might uh, to win a fight. I think it or was to resist.
4: Oh, uh, was something? Was yeah. this something from Gandalf? I yeah. think because uh, I I had Gandalf trapped the first turn, mm-hmm. so it was a it was a chance. Basically, Gandalf had one mm-hmm. might left to strike, yeah. so I fully surrounded him. Just got a hope not for the six, and he yeah. got the six. Yeah, so. exactly. On a th- a two and, or three. Dinosaurs. And then the got knocked down, and then surrounded by a whole bunch of uh, the minister of the guys yeah. and just killed. Yeah. So he got he got
0: slaughtered. But but that meant that I had more might in the Gandalf warband even though I'd spent a lot because of the the treasure seeker had three. So I could I could sort of often have the the pick of the the you movement to be able to move back mm-hmm. from yeah from that side, which so which I, was very important. I think. So yeah. I kept slipping through the gaps, and I, I started forming a line off the, to shield off the middle. It didn't quite work as well as I'd hoped, but it was getting now and I, I was sort of starting to think about the objective meanwhile on the other side um, eventually Ellen um, uh, Elendil did go down um, I think you cause, because you'd not yet wounded Imrahil I sort of suggested a couple of turns earlier. Oh, mate, you, you could you could always shield, yeah. but you just didn't go because you wanted the wound. Right? I needed the wound on yeah Imrehil, which would have actually
4: mattered probably towards the end if we kept one extra troop in. Yeah. Uh, so I really needed the wound at least. Um, but obviously he just wasn't rolling well. He couldn't. He could not get away from that no. corner of the building. Now he was stuck there for the whole game.
0: And, and eventually he did go down. Uh, enough guys managed to trap him, uh, and we got uh, we got that six. And that sort of. A, it got the um, the the VPs for the leader, but also it cleared a gap to have been able to push more more of my guys towards the centre. But but by this point, Curran had arrived as well, so the. The, the terror was was finally into action. I'd, I'd compelled him away a couple of turns. Yeah, a couple of times. So he was so he yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so his, he was, his terror bubble wasn't good, which I was quite happy with those those moves. But once Gandalf was out of magic, uh, uh, out of will, I couldn't do it. Or he had his staff, but he wasn't able to uh, pull it off again. It, it just meant like that wall was kind of hemmed in, and I was slipping through the gaps. But you still had the middle, crucially, didn't you? Basically, you... from
4: the majority of the game, I held it. Yeah, but I was I was crumbling. Like my troops couldn't kill anything yeah. either, which was also pretty pretty poor for Numenor. Generally, they're better at killing things I think Um, but they just just couldn't get there I think think. the first five or six turns you hadn't even got like five kills I'd I'd killed Three troops with Imrahil or two troops with Immerhil yeah. on the charge, and then one in the first combat. So there was three models dead, and then for the next probably four, three or four turns, probably killed one or two things. You killed a couple of guys with stabs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's, I was yes, like, that's why <laughs>
0: one of the guy, one, yeah. so one of the extra two k- kills that you got in the next few turns was it was, a stab, was yeah. a stab. Yeah. So it was crazy. Uh, but I, meanwhile, I was getting churning and churning through your guys, and eventually got to got to the state where um, it was really close. I think it was three or four models off break, um, and we're slipping through the uh, the middle. And we knew that the game at uh, the timer was being called Gandalf had just been killed because I'd moved him to the middle hoping to to be able to uh, stand in the middle and co- cause a bit more magic stuff instead he just got killed <laughs> which he was got a bit tapped
4: up, like, up against the building and killed by the treasure seeker foolish
0: yeah. idea but he was standing on, a, on the objective that was the idea um, but in the end um a combination of various factors, men, um, we had exactly the same number of guys on the centre objective. It was 14, 14 each, each yeah, 14 which each. was insane. Um, and and I think, I can't remember which model was the crucial one, but I I managed to just get one kill in the last turn or the turn before. Uh, it was the last turn. last
4: turn, yeah. You got the, the one last model to break me on the last turn as well. Which um, and and then as well at the very end Imrahil lost the fight against the Numenorean yeah, soldier yeah. <laughs> so he had a chance to put a wound on him he didn't do it in no. the end but that would have been a nice touch know, to I end it I, off I, I know I
0: literally I said, said to him look I can just see I've charged this one guy I'm definitely going to lose this fight and I, and I rolled like a 2 and a 1 and a 3 or something stupid and then uh, yeah I thought oh you could just see it because you got the 6 I was going to get another wound but it, it didn't happen quite like that but as it mattered I don't think it would have made uh, change the result the, the thing that would have changed the result would be um, my treasure seeker <laughs> Uh, which is essentially a Goblin Captain profile um, he, uh, with a shield. Uh, he shielded against four or something like that, elves? Four, four elves, yeah. Four elves. He lost the fight, um, and he took two, uh, you, you scored two sixes. Two sixes to wound him, yeah. Two yeah. sixes to wound him. So, and, and the unique profile of the Treasure Seeker means that you essentially have a four-up, feel no pain uh, for every wound. And um, if I'd have failed uh, either of those, he would have died. I passed both of them. Which meant, as we've discussed already, that I had exactly the same number of things. And also, see, it's yeah. worth VPs as well, the killing the uh, Treasure Seeker. So, had you killed him, or I'd not rolled those two four ups, uh, it would have been you would have gotten a, diff- a five point. Five okay, five so, left. you'd have had three three victory points yeah, for being exactly. more in the middle, and uh, two for the, the the Treasure Seeker would have been five. Um, and it would, I think, therefore, have been a six. Six, five, five? I think, yeah. It would six, have been- five to you, yeah. which would have been. I think very reflective of the game. In the end, actually, it was a 6-1 to me just because I'd killed your leader and broken you on that one last turn, which I, I don't feel that score represents the thing as much as a 6-5 would. Um, no. But I'm quite happy to take the win. <laughs> it, no,
4: of course. It, see, I, felt, I, felt, I felt very confident at the start with, yeah. the, with the way it went. Then I started panicking when uh, Elendo got stuck. Mm. Then I thought, going into the last turn, I am in a lot of trouble here and I don't think I have the troops nearby my guys pulled it off the last turn they killed they actually managed to kill about 5 or 6 guys in the mm. last turn which, uh, big, which yeah. brought back closer to breaking mm. so it would have it potentially could have mattered. If they'd killed stuff earlier, Yeah, it would have been less attacks coming my way, for exactly. sure. Exactly, yeah. and,
0: and less things sort of slipping through gaps yeah. and things like that. And, and you know, also, you might have been able to be the one putting extra guys to help Elendil yes, right out so. rather yeah. than the, the vice versa, which is interesting. But, yeah, in the end, I think I got 15 dead, so you needed to kill three more to break me, so it wasn't impossible. Uh, but either way, Rob, it was an absolutely cracking game. 6-1 six, six uh, win to me, but... It, it, was, it, it was swinging all over the place yeah, in terms was, of luck so it was a cracker. Absolutely fantastic, yeah. Right. Thanks for the game. Yeah. Brilliant, Best of luck to the rest of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. Cheers. So game number three, and we're playing Fog of War here at uh, the Battle of Numerous Tears. Uh, playing Dave, uh, who you've travelled from Belfast, is that right? Yeah. So not. this is your local club, basically. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, and you, get, you gave me at the start of the game um, some uh, exploding dice, uh, Banger dice, which are awesome. They're yeah. really cool, and they actually proved to be uh, to be very successful during our game. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so first, Dave, uh, before we get into uh, running through some of the game, and um, what have you brought
5: for your list this this weekend? So I've got Denethor, so do with eight warriors minus turf shields. One has a banner, and then I've got seven fountain guards. Four have shields, and then I have Bormir on a horse, lance and shield. Mm. Three knights of Minas Turf, six rangers with spears, and six warriors of Minas Turf with shields. And then I've got Ibarra Fearless, we have seven warriors of Landon, four axemen of Rack, and four men of arms of Delamrith and the Treasure Seeker.
0: So it's a really cool uh, little uh, fiefdoms mix. So obviously, I've got fiefdoms uh, with Minas Turf as well. It's not often you come up against. An army that's like this, I, I guess, because it's quite fresh, you, you, but you quite like to do, choose some alternative choices, like you mentioned about, Boromir often seem with the banner, but not, not this time. Yeah, I kind of like to take things that people don't normally take, mm.
5: so that's why I was trying to guess what heroes wouldn't come, so nobody really takes Denethor, yeah. nobody really takes Boromir with a lance and shield, it's usually with a banner, yeah. and Agbar, nobody really, don't really see Agbar either, so... Yeah.
0: Yeah, some really cool stuff. And you've got quite a lot of models in there, uh, just under 50, 49 models. In, yeah, yeah. And and worth noting, the Treasure Seeker has been getting slightly better throughout the tournament, yeah. hasn't it? And this turn, it was, it was both... Um, Move eight like it was earlier. It also has the bane of Kingswall and this time was fight six. six yeah. So actually, quite uh, quite a decent character now. So, and when we deployed, we set up. Obviously, there were secret objectives, and there's only ch- uh, three terrain choices each uh, in this one. And did you have any any clear plans uh, before we started? I was basically trying to throw you off, so
5: that's why I split my force right. to try to get you to run after the, the cushy ones. Right. So I wanted you to go after the fifteens because they're all basically defence four or five. And then I was just trying to swing around, so it wasn't just trying to put it on the rain and basically win by terrain and try to get magical.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think the, the probably one of the uh, the things that helped me was that I, I saw that um, your your fiefdom was on one side, and I chose an Angbor as my target, thinking he's probably going to be in the fight. He's also a lot easier to kill than Boromir, so um, so I thought right, I'll go for him. So I just marched my whole, lot. and also I think the the other. Thing that really helped me, um, it, it was which is what quite lucky was that I'd chosen the, the terrain piece that was very close to Angle. so it was like I just marched my whole army over that way. I might uh, sort of. Uh, lose one of the terrain pieces that you're going to gain but hopefully by focusing my army on your Angbor and that terrain piece it would give me a little bit of an edge and marching twice to get there meant that I had a bit of extra time to to do that and it kind of worked but you, you played it really well to split up your force to try and tie me up and ha- uh, hold me down for a little bit while, uh, while the rest of the guys came in support which, which did, did eventually happen and, and was, they hit like a truck when they arrived. I kind of wanted you to commit Vajral as well yeah. so I wanted you to get close to me
5: and yeah. then I was trying to get Agbor to actually kill Vajral as well so well, that was close, like. Yeah, so yeah it you did at one yeah. point
0: actually say, oh, you know, that strength four, that would yeah. be useful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you almost had it, but I was, I was conscious that Madrill would be one of the ones that I would choose to, to kill. So although he was useful and he was marched, and also you talked, you, in the very first turn with your shooting, so you mentioned you got like eight or something uh, rangers, yeah. you said, I might shoot uh, Imrahil's horse... I might shoot Madrill, but yeah. then you're like, oh no, I'll go for Imre horse. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. I'd noted that you'd said that, and you went for Imrahil's Hill's horse in the end. Um, he was and the bigger threat. Yeah, he was the bigger threat, which makes sense. Or I even- if I got him off his horse, then he's
5: not doing much. Yeah. You know, and then if I kept Bormir on my horse, yeah. you know, I thought he could have took him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which which makes perfect sense. And uh, And in the end, I was very lucky that I got. I think of one of my couple of shots I'd shot Boromir's horse out within a couple of turns yeah. which was very very lucky for me because uh, A it meant he arrived a turn later but B when he did arrive he was a lot less uh, intimidating which is handy it was just before the turn each charged him. yeah, <laughs> it, was, yeah it, it was quite nice um, but, uh, and also uh, one of the early bits of magic I did again got quite lucky uh, I sorceress blasted the, um, the banner and my intention was really just hoping to throw it back um, far enough that, that you know it was going to be out of range for that combat. I thought that was a, a fair, a, a fair shot at I spent too well in a, um, the free one, um, but instead I actually just killed it in one go, which was you pretty got, gruesome. You got unlucky the first roll as well because you only rolled one. Yeah. So you're just like kind of sitting there, so it was yeah. crap, and then you killed them, so it was even better. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was quite fortunate. So the, uh, early on, I think just a being able to march and sort of focus really hard into um, into your Angbor and so on helped, but uh, also the. Crucially, this this um, new uh, the the treasure seeker guy now being fight six was slightly better than Angbor, and it meant that I could do the hur- I, I could sort of threaten him with heroic combats, drain his might before I even risked, uh, risk my guy. So I did a couple of heroic called a couple of heroic combats, and um, you had to strike, and I then struck twice, so I got yeah, rid of all my might. Exactly. So I got yeah, rid of I your. Have stri- to because you know. He was going to die.
5: If he yeah. loses a fight, Agbar dies. So he yeah. defense five, two wins. you yeah. know, he's not surviving. No, exactly. And have got
0: being a king, so you're re-rolling the wound. Exactly. And you're trapping him, so... Yeah, I, th- I thought, so... But it just, it, it was just... I thought, right, I've got time to do this because your army still hadn't arrived yet, so I could just do that hurric combat twice and then threaten him, and eventually he did go down, so I knew I was safe, so it just meant... I just need to avoid getting Madril uh, and the treasure seeker in combat Gandalf I knew he'd have to go into combat a bit but he's also a lot more survivable so I thought well I took the risk on the basis that maybe you would have chosen him but I might take a wound but I'm unlikely to die unless the things go really terribly wrong I was quite cautious with him so so in the end it actually came down to just uh, this kind of big fight over the uh, over the terrain piece you you'd Obviously, cottoned on to the fact that I was aiming for that train piece. Yeah, but I was also very conscious it might be the one in the corner as well. Yeah. So I was
5: keeping a lot of models around it, that jump on it just to be sure that you didn't do it. So I wasn't too sure.
0: Yeah, there was a time you
5: totally committed to it. I was like, all right, he's definitely going for this one. So I just everyone piled on it. Actually, yeah,
0: there was there was a moment where I thought actually I might just send one guy or two onto that objective at the back, but I was I thought if I do that. You might just go, uh, well, chances are he's going for the one that he's got five models on already. Yeah. Uh, so I thought it might just be sacrificing that guy from the combats where I really did need them. So I decided not to, and yeah, maybe it was it was obvious in the end, but it, it, it paid off just in the end. Um, largely because of a couple of little little heroic combats. Gandalf had to do a heroic combat um, in the last turn uh, and um, dismount to get through a gap to kill a guy on the base, which was unlikely, but he did he, he did get it in the end. and, and then uh, you to have more models. On it. Yeah, yeah that, that was that one thing. Uh, it took that one guy off, and it meant that I, yeah, I just managed to pip it and get the
5: extra that's point why there. I had the fifth one was that side as well because I yeah. wanted to see what terrain piece you were going for. Yeah, and you were very committed by coming back. I was like, he's coming back, but that was kind of unusual. It's like obviously it's either one of these two,
0: yeah. rather than being this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, it makes a lot. Sussed it out. Yeah, you, yeah, and it seems like you absolutely sussed everything out. Um, I guess the only thing you didn't really know for sure was which one I was trying to protect. Um, yeah. and but because you didn't kill any of the heroes anyway, that it. it it didn't matter in the end, I yeah. suppose. But um, I guess... You, and you didn't really have a chance to kill all that often because I just hit him right at the back of the line. I had one chance. It was uh, Axman and Lost Rack, yeah. and that was it. yeah one chance to win them, even. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it just, yeah, as you say, it was just a uh, axeman, and I think I had maybe a, yeah. another guy supporting him I as well. I never thought it was Gandalf who were protecting there. Oh, no, really? No. Oh, you uh, see,
5: you see. So I, yeah. I, I successfully yeah, I thought, uh, got the fog of war up. Yeah. I thought you went for your
0: uh, treasure hunter as well. Yeah. The way you were using him, I was like, oh, he might be him as well, yeah. I think the, the reason I was concerned about the treasure hunter was that I, he could easily go down because um, he only got two wounds. Although he has this special fate role that roll that basically four up, same. Well. yeah, you, yeah, you did. Uh, to be fair, because <laughs> I charged him twice with Imrahil because uh, of a fight six first time I struck won the fight knocked him uh, knocked him over and didn't kill him because uh, you rolled like four uh, three or four it four ups or yeah it was really cool, it was though. good but uh, then the following turn you're prone and I just charged you again without striking it and I eventually did kill him but uh, Boromir put up a hell of a fight but either way uh, that was uh, that was game pretty much so it ended up being a 10-4 win to me um because I just pipped it on the um the objective so I got slightly more D- dudes, on the objective, you easily got your objective. You sent um, a couple of Fountain Court and some uh, uh, some uh, dudes from Lameden, um to the back back of the board to capture all three. So I I, I sort of thought there's no point in committing too many guys to those because I knew that I would got your. I'd killed yours so as long as I protected my guys it's fine but um, and then we both broke each other um, narrowly on one turn and it was yeah. it was a bit of a Same bloodbath turn, though yeah. yeah that's it yeah it was a cracking game though so and uh, Dave thank you so much for the game uh, and best of luck for the rest of the tournament yeah, and hopefully help. enjoy thank some a uh, couple of bevs tonight yeah hopefully <laughs> <laughs> so before we get too ahead of ourselves after those three back-to-back wins from some delightful opponents Dave Rob, and Nick thank you very much to all of you Um I just want to say, it, it it really, really was a fantastic event. We didn't really touch on this a lot at the start um, of the any of these interviews, so I just wanted to shout out Exploding Dice in Bangor. Um, it's its not a massive tournament, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's sort of, I think, 25 or thereabouts, maybe slightly under 25 uh, players in total. But there was so much room, the tables had, had space for you to put the books on on the side and and put dead models, and you could like move between tables without sort of Banging each other on the heads as you walk past, and and there was plenty of space to sort of congregate after you finish your game, so you're not sort of you know um, just milling about watching people in a sort of narrow corridor and or, or, or standing between games and uh, sort of blocking up highways. And it's, it's it was just really nice. There was a spare room with uh, with you know an array of. Um, board games and uh and a pool table and comfy sofas uh in a slightly cooler room and stuff like this so genuinely genuinely a cracking cracking a venue i think a lot of places could learn a lot from that venue i know i mean it's a charity so um so perhaps a different kind of uh structure uh, that that you know you might not all might not all always be able to replicate in other places but If you've never been to Bangor in Northern Ireland, well worth checking out Exploding Dice. It's really, really nice. And also, they had this cool burger place around the corner, which gave out free burgers. Banging, Absolutely fantastic. So anyway, the games, the games, as I said at the start, Gandalf the White is way better than anyone has ever given him credit for. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, there may well be an element of luck here, um, but... i just think he, he he provided a lot of stuff that i don't think um i could have uh, could have done without him so for example against the balrog he he regularly uh, he, he sort of threatened the balrog with the magic and he, i got i think i got a couple of immobilizers through but not loads uh, i think i took a wound off him with a banish was it a banish or was it a a sorceress but i think it was a banish um either way it, was it banish no it's come He does have banish. Anyway, whatever I'm saying, he did something and it was good. Um,. And uh, I took a wound off, which got me a leader wound. It might have been the combat, actually, that did it in the end. But either way, he magic, he magic the Balrog plenty. He also chopped the fuck out of some of the goblins, like the black shield goblins at the back. Uh, the drummer, uh, he really helped chop through into that back line to to help me uh, get some of these um, these prizes off the board. And um, uh, uh, that which was which was ace. Imrahil didn't do as much as I perhaps would have liked him in that first game, but uh, he was just avoiding the Balrog for most of the time, which I think you know, I, in these sorts of situations, you either go all in, go for the Balrog, you know, try and, try and maybe get an immobiliser off and send in your, your lance uh, with Imrahil, send in your lance with the, the Minas Tirith, send in Gandalf and just go hell for leather and hope that you immobilise him and, you know, uh, and, and 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 surround him and get enough wounds to chop him down in a couple of goes, but I was just so afraid of the second turn that you know, if I lose that move off and he whips something or sets something on fire, then I'm, I'm in such trouble. So yeah, I just I just like no, nope, avoid him, and it worked in my favour. It wasn't the biggest win. Uh, I think what was it, five two, seven two, something like that. Is it five? It looks like a seven on my book. Anyway, either five or seven, too, um, which I was I was very much, very much pleased with. So uh, then it was against Rob with his uh, Elendil Arrestor, Kurdan and uh, and the Treasure Seeker, which I've mentioned. I, I have a Terminator Treasure Seeker. I don't think I mentioned that in the run-up. Um got gifted it by um Alessio Caratori, don't you know the old rules writer of the game um anyway he's my treasure seeker and so I might mention the terminator throughout the course of the the weekend if I haven't already um but against against Elendil I think it was a tricky one because um basically Rob did everything right he went straight in with Elendil I did I did sort of box him I kind of left a little space where I could trap Elendil um but really reliably you'd think Elendil can handle himself um uh, he lost. I think Imrahil lost his horse first turn. Elendil lost his horse the second turn, and then it was just two dudes hitting each other with sticks for uh, for a long time, rather than uh, uh, rather than actually doing any damage. But eventually, eventually, the just the weight of that trappage um, managed to do Elendil Even though Gandalf took an absolute age to turn up. I mean, I, I think what was it? It was three ones are rolled and. I'd i I'd put one rolled one down to a one because uh, from a two uh, in the first turn with um uh with what's his name? Madrill's special rule. So honestly, couldn't couldn't believe it. I'd never seen anything like it. So that really, really hampered me a bit, but I still managed to squeak the win. I think it was hold ground, wasn't it, that one. Um so yeah, I I'm I, I was pretty chuffed with that. And then finally against Dave, uh who also had his uh his sort of um Minas Tirith and Fiefdoms Alliance I think realistically, Dave would probably admit it. His his army was not optimized. I mean, mine wasn't optimized. But Boromir, without the banner, um, maybe maybe this is a bad example, but he didn't he didn't feel like he did enough to me. Maybe it's just because I marched my whole army towards Angbor and just just assassinated him pretty early on in the hope that that, you know, that that's all I needed to do. And and it kinda did in fog of war. Like once I'd killed Angbor, I just needed to make sure my heroes were alive. And um and then I killed his treasure seeker as well. So I was because he was hanging with Angbor. So I thought that was quite an I don't want to say it was an easy game. Um but I kinda do think it was because I just slammed everything I had into the small, weaker part of the army um that I needed to get the points from. And once I'd got that sort of what was it five point head start on everything uh, from Killing Angbor and the Treasure Seeker? It was like, well, I just need to make sure that I protected my heroes, and I was very lucky that all of my heroes survived the game. Um, so I think I would, have, if I were him, I might have considered trying to kill Shadowfax because Shadowfax is one of those heroes that people probably don't expect, but it's a hero. It's got one fate point, defense five. Boromir charges into Shadowfax, kills Shadowfax. Done. 3 points. Um anyway there you go and I can't remember who I was protecting. Was I protecting Gandalf? I must have been protecting Gandalf because he's he's much easier to protect. So anyway, there you go. That so that's the day. 3 wins over the moon, really exciting. The treasure seekers are getting souped up. We're getting some loads of cool powers. Uh we had a cracking time uh, going out for some uh, nice food. And the strange thing, a strange tradition apparently in uh, Irish tournaments and Northern Irish tournaments is that uh, people go for something called Nuggy Pots, and that's in air quotes, Nuggy Pots, uh, at a place called New Gelato. I don't know whether this is something that every Irish person does, or every person who attends Irish events has to do, but there's a place called New New Gelato, uh, which apparently everyone's obsessed with, and you go and get like sugary, ice creamy type things. And... I, I can't think of anything worse, if I'm honest, than having to do uh, consume massive amounts of sugary, ice-creamy stuff after having a big meal. I was quite happy to settle for a pint of Guinness or Belfast Black, which is the sort of Belfast version of Guinness. Um, anyway, that was the, the Saturday night. But then it was on to day number two and my first game of the day after having three wins the day before. Let's crack on. It's game number four on day number two here at the Battle of Numerous Tears, uh, playing Capture and Control now. Uh, the Treasure Seeker is getting properly hyped up. I can't remember what we just added, but I'm playing against uh, Dave Coleman uh, from Cork. This is the first time on the podcast. Well, is, yeah. on. How are you getting on? Yeah, and, well, I mean, I was getting on very, very well. Uh, uh, table number two, three wins yesterday. All looking very exciting. So, we won't quite reveal uh, the results uh, just yet. But um, first of all, the, the Treasure Seeker so far is what, fight six, move eight? Six move eight. You just got strike in this game yeah. and uh, Bane Kings. Bane Kings. So, loads of cool special rules for our Treasure Seeker, which is my Terminator. And Dave, what what have you bought uh, for, for your weekend? So, I brought a very teamy green alliance. I brought yeah. a lot Lorien and Fellowship alliance. So, I have Gladriel,
6: Haldir, and Barmir, and then the Seeker on top of that. Uh, I was have a mix, um, kind of an even-off mix of warriors with shields, um, bows and spears, a banner, uh, six gladrin court guards the fight six, warriors, and just uh, a knight with bow and
0: shield running around. Yeah, so you're on, what, 35 models, I think it was? Uh, 35 including the Seeker, yeah. Yeah, so 35 included in the Seeker. You've got Boromir of Gondor, obviously. So I was thinking, um, before I was getting going... Uh, the, the success of my game is going to hinge largely on whether I can do any good magic on Boromir and how much damage he can do before uh, that happens. So I can sorceress blast him, I can immobilise him, I can do whatever, but it all depends on whether that happens or not. Um, what, what was your plan going into it? Bearing in mind this is capturing control, this is an objective one, which also deploys quite close to the front. What was your plan? So I... <clears throat> My plan was to
6: deploy... I've usually played this game where I kind of sit back a little bit and then kind of try to grind up, but that normally doesn't work in my favor. So this time I said, deploy in front. If you deploy in a line, I can hope to outgrind you because I have the higher fight value across my line. Mm-hmm. I know you had the fight five with the butcher Pikes as well with hill but I said with the fight six, it'll be okay. But then you deployed a bit further back, mm. which gave me... A bit of time to use my bows, which did come in handy. To be fair, they killed. Yeah, it, I you killed was
0: four. Bites, four yeah. uh, was that four pikes in the first four pikes turn? Pikes in the first
6: turn, yeah, which was very beneficial to me straight away. Um, and I got the sentinel off as well on the warrior, which meant Barmer could get a charge with a few other warriors on top of your clansmen as well. And afterwards, it will a whole combat. Um, so in the first turn, I think I had eight or nine models there, which is nearly halfway to your break. Uh, and Barmer is kind of roaming around freely now. At the moment, you had uh, the protection on Imrahil I probably would have tried to get Barmer first mm. and just gone and just done a source of blast or transfix uh, and keep him away, but obviously you can 't have the sentinel I could have
0: sentinel anything and that could have worked anyway as well um, yeah I, th- I think that just to interrupt sorry uh, you 're you're, you're totally right I, I thought I, if maybe if we, if it was a, a, a scenario where I, we were starting right at the back, then it would have been worth me putting the fourth spirit on in hill straight away but you 're right because we 're so close to the front, um, I already had three wheels so I could wait a turn to do that, yeah, yeah. but I could have taken um, if I'd gotten lucky with the sorceress pass or whatever, I'd certainly taken a load of po- points of might off you um, uh, uh, with your one will, but. Yeah, I could I could have potentially thrown Boromir off and, and completely stopped all that damage straight away.
6: Yeah, worst case scenario, mm. if first turn I transfix Imrahil. great. You still have a nice block of lads that are still fight five fight, fighting anyway as well. Mm. Um but also with Boromir, with that move with the Sentinel, he was in threatening range of Gandalf, so you also had to spend another my point, yeah. along with the my point you spent earlier to resist the spell as well. A, a command that I was glad you have put out on him. So he was already down two my points just from my first turn. So you're down to my points and about eight warriors yeah. straight off the bat before I had taken any casualties at all. Yeah. yeah. So that was it that was a good start for me definitely
0: yeah and i think by, because of that, that that led me to do some other stupid moves which was like a little bit panicky i was like oh okay well i've got to move my rest of my line forward i'd lost so many pikes i thought right i'll move my archers off the back objective um and i just wasn't thinking straight i you, you i i you'd done a heroic move on one side but you still had some other stuff to me so they just got completely surrounded and uh, very quickly so it, it, it became a, pretty much like a an exercise in you just slicing the the fat off my army every every time like a, like a block of ham, uh, but so it, it was it was just re- slowly reducing and and reducing the power. I mean, what, when Imrahil and Gandalf did get stuck in alongside the treasure seeker, now had a bit of umph. There was some I did cause some damage and I had some opportunities to do get some uh, victory points. So I, I charged Galadriel um, with Imrahil. I'd, uh, the treasure seeker was up against. Uh, uh, no, I was. I charged your treasure seeker a couple of turns later, and Gandalf had, had tried a move, around, uh, spinning around the back to try and get some stuff. But ultimately, I think it was they were desperate moves.
6: Yeah, I think like with Imrahil, he was well positioned when he came in because my fight 6 was kind of there's a lot of it over my left side where I didn't yeah. have any heroes to deal with so they, weren't, they were not kind of lost there but when they started working way back over it kind of neutralised a little bit anyway I knew that he'd have to if he wanted to win he'd have to strike if he wanted to try and kill just to guarantee with the Elven Blade and everything else um, but because he was so close to Gandalf Barmere was still free and he had I think he had killed about 10 warriors he killed another 4 after the initial first turn and said just cleaning up the backfield and himself
0: yeah, and, and he'd he'd spent most he'd spent all of his might at that point as well, Boromir. But but like you say, there was, I, I had I I was getting into a state where I was thinking, right, I, I need to get some of the, the the VP kills, so I don't want to deal with Boromir. So he was just left to kind of be able to mop up some of the the sort of. The random guys that are kicking about, which which did mean that you were you were again getting me closer and closer to that break point a lot quicker than than I had. And meanwhile, you of course wandering around cra- grabbing objectives.
6: Yeah, so my left flank was completely open, so I was able to get the left objective and work my way up towards the front of yours. When your archers came up, I had my back objective secured. Um, so it was just grinding in the middle to secure that one, which ended up mine in the end. And you got you neutralised your back one again mm. in the last turn, uh, and I was able to with the right side because your right flank you're more central so I was able to get that right one in the end as well Um, it's just a bit light for your side over there
0: I think A you outnumbered me at the start with, and you had slightly better fight value so I'm, I'm relying on Imrahil and G- Gandalf to sort of make up the numbers which of course they didn't but also I think the, the, the terrain might have made a, uh, a big impact on the game because um, in th- this the central objective is in a, an area where there's absolutely no terrain at all around it within you know it's probably a good 6 inches back before you hit a, a block of ruins and then 8 inches to the right and then probably 12 uh, yeah about 12 to the left and then uh, another 7 at the back so there's a really really big area in the middle which I, th- I think it, in, so that that really favours you because you've got a m- much better a sort of long line of, of fight value I've got you know, like you mentioned I've got fight five, five in the middle uh, if I want to put my pikes there and I can maybe focus my pikes in the same way but your pikes are a bit better um, and you had more space to spread that, that fight value across the line so it, it relied heavily on me being able to punch through and the way I deployed I was hoping maybe I can focus my um, my stuff on one flank and you did you mention you, the the um, that your Fight 6 stuff was on one side. So that kind of was vaguely successful.
3: Left!
0: Thank you, Sean, for that. He stood there deliberately on to purpose, do this. Yeah, 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 that was clearly on purpose. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the, the Fight 6 was all on your one side. So I kind of, I, was, I think I was right in, in focusing a bit on that side. But, of course, it was at the sacrifice of knowing that one of those objectives wasn't going to work. And it also relied on Imrahil and Gandalf doing the work, which which they didn't.
6: Yeah, definitely. And like, I knew my real way to win this game was to just get Barmy to clean through troops I already had a small model advantage but if he was able to kill 6 or 7 models my elves would be able to surround him that's kind of what happened when I got those first early kills and Barmer I had to spend three white points to resist a source, source of, of blast, which mm-hmm. I think was worth it. I still had two at the end of that, so I was just useful, used just keeping keeping and going, basing and training through all the warriors in the back, which he did in the end. And the, I think you failed all your hornaganda tests. Yeah, yeah, there. I did. Yeah, all the warriors failed,
0: so yeah. Yeah, that was that was annoying because I thought, oh, well, you know, because you charged the two clansmen and the two uh, there was two guys behind it, and, and I thought, well, you know, I might with four dice and a, and, and a re-roll from Imrahil's banner with the clansman, I thought I might actually, might actually get this and the the, the the Klansmen which I deliberately put in front because um, yeah or take some might out sorry yeah uh, and the clansmen which I deliberately put in front because I was thinking right you can't centre on them they're courage five then you toot the horn and they're like
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it just get smashed, and then of course, yeah, exactly. They just fail, and then they're D four, so they just fall over to a stiff breeze, anyway, and even and me alone with his eight attacks will just clean through us. No, no problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I mean, it, it, I'm, obviously, I've sort of. Uh, uh, mention some of the things that I definitely did wrong was there anything do you think it was just a fundamental bad deployment on my behalf or, or what could I could I have done differently and what, what tips do you have
6: I don't know what something that you deployed wrong I think deploying where you were is fine I think Gandalf should have been just focusing on stopping Barmere. Yeah. because yeah. with Barmer is gone yeah I can kind of slowly grind through you but Imrahil can then just punch me where yeah. he wants um, yeah the fights can be annoying but if you can get around to them any bit at all with Imrahil you can just strike and kill two or three of them in a turn yeah, do you know yeah. Um I think mean, just forget about the magic on Immerhill and just sorceress blasted. Try and get a guy into Barm or get him off the horse or do something. Because um, he, he was on the horse at the end of the game, which I was shocked at. Because Gandalf is quite good at getting things off his, off their horse. Yeah, yeah, um,
0: yeah that, that is true. I think by the time, um, yeah, because I I, I I did a fortified spirit and a sorceress blast. That was the main magic. I might have done something else eventually, but um, re- realistically, those, those if I, it was two sorceress blasts instead. Then, yeah, Boromir would have been neutralized completely.
6: Yeah, 100, he would have been down. And it's probably worth it even just to go. I know my guys have resisted the magic, but just blast them. They have one dice to resist with no my points. Barmer at least has, Joe, you know, he has his one will with whatever story he has left mm. to try and resist it. Uh, but at that point, I don't think he was behind any models that you could source a blast into him anyway. But um, yes. even transfix is just two plus transfixing from the back yeah. of the board. Just yeah, do nothing for a turn for two turns.
0: Yeah, or, or commanding back so on a three plus yeah. is relatively straight easy to happen. And and I think you you did really you really smart um, throwing your magic at Gandalf because obviously I'd fortified uh, um, Imrahil anyway, so it, he was kind of unlikely to be affected by much magic. But just throwing a couple of dice uh, to immobilise Gandalf or com- compel him or uh, that sort of stuff, it meant I, I was I was running out of resources to make my offensive magic that less likely to go off as well, which is- was yeah, really smart, I definitely,
6: and McAndail Sony his four plus with no reroll for sources blast. Mm. I think you were down to two will points yeah. at, after the first turn straight away. So they're already I've kind of neutralised him enough that Barmer can maybe resist one yeah. that's coming at him the first one, and then look he might be stuck after that. But he was lucky to keep going the whole time, okay. uh, and th- I had order no worthwhile targets. Barmer maybe the seeker is probably my next biggest hitter. Hallier's fine, but you know he doesn't have the rolls to wound, or hmm. he's not just not good enough really against your heroes, especially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Emmerill is is a more than a match for anything that I had on the board.
0: Yeah. Well, so there you go, uh, Dave. So uh, d- table number two, very exciting for that. Uh, but. An eleven-nil loss. So I didn't claim any of the objectives. I did successfully get Madril uh, to run back to the uh, the rear objective after uh, his friends, his bowman friends, all died, uh, and he managed to successfully neutralise the uh, the rear objective while being surrounded by uh, uh, two uh, Elswood shields and a Galadrim court. I think he'd go down next turn, but the uh, the game. Uh, just ended on that one, um, and Imrahil is is still alive. He's still in his horse, kicking about with his lance. Gandalf is alive. He's lost Shadowfax sadly. Boromir is still alive as well, and so is your treasure seeker. My treasure seeker did die, and Galadriel didn't take a wound, despite me getting one chance. Uh, Imrahil charged her. Um, I, I struck as well to guarantee you had two pikes behind you, but you caught the out defense and then won the fight, anyway. Won the fight anyway.
6: Yeah, <laughs> so, which was a nice benefit. And unfortunately, I couldn't get his horse, but we tried our best. But yeah, yeah, he did. just try and
0: slap slap uh, yeah. the old horse but it was a defence five horse course, so that, that, that saved it there. But, yeah, so ultimately I think you got the four objectives for eight points. I'd neutralised one. Um, you broke me, and you killed the Treasure Seeker, which is always worth uh, two victory points, and I got uh, absolutely nothing. So um, I think I'm going back down to where I belong. And, Dave, uh, well done, and best of luck in the final round. Thank you, and you too, Harry. Cheers. Happy game. Cool, so it's game number five, and we're playing Destroy the Supplies. It's a great scenario. Uh, playing as Roman, who's come up from uh, Dublin to Belfast, or to Bangor. And uh, first of all, uh, Roman, we're playing Destroy the Supplies. We've got uh, a slightly more improved Treasure Seeker. I can't remember what we got for this round for the Treasure Seeker. It's like... uh, three wounds, three ducks. Yeah, so he's now an absolute monster. He's got three wounds, three attacks. He's got uh, Strike. He's got uh, Bane of Kings. Uh, something else. I can't Move eight. Uh, and he's, yeah, he's properly, uh, properly on fire as our treasure seeker. So um, with that in mind, what is your, the rest of your army that you've been bringing this weekend? Uh, just bog standard Björning's
2: Legendary Legion. Right. Two bears and Björning's Max bows. So how, how many is that? Was it
0: 15? Or... It's, it's 15 Björning's five Witcher bows. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So uh, destroy the supplies, obviously a movement-based scenario. You've got two big bears. Um, I've got a bit of... Uh, movement in a couple of cavalry models and stuff like that and um, what what did you think did you fancy your chances going into this one
2: i was looking forward to this one yeah because you don't actually have to sit on the supplies you can just pop them and move on so i was hoping to kind of just sweep through the
0: back line yeah mm. yeah so uh, with, I, I guess early on um there was there was a, a bit of magic happening and uh, a bit of shooting happening um you you kind of moved uh, grim on quite far forward but but Yorn you didn't transform into a bear early on um, and And I'm wondering why, because it actually worked against your advantage, I think, for a while. Because I think I I had a couple of turns to shoot at him, and I didn't wound him, but it, it, it was putting him under pressure, definitely. Yeah, that
2: was so. I just like to keep him in human form for the extra reach. It, he just threatens further if he's in human form, so I do it as long as I can. Uh, I didn't mean to give you the extra shots; I could have avoided those, but you know, just didn't pay too much attention. I don't think I really, lo- apart from you getting those pot shots that were on sixes, actually, so that wasn't as bad as I thought. Uh, I don't think I really lost anything because, like, he was going to get transfixed either way, and it didn't cost me anything in that case that he was in human form. So
0: yeah, I suppose that's true. That's but I, I think the I, I guess the only thing you did with the highest defence which I, I was hoping to maybe get a shot through with Magil, put put a point that the might through because you wouldn't get the bear save. You'd you'd have to be chipping away your face straight away. So I thought it, I, I didn't see the downside of not turning into the bear, but I see that there's very very little upside in also moving for the bear. I guess does that make sense? Yeah, I just like to keep yeah I like to keep the longer threat range. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And um, but then basically uh, quite early on, uh, it was sort of established that I, I sort of moved a little bit slower. I'd, I'd pushed Imrahil and a lot of my other guys to try and close off this gap in the centre. You got a smaller army, so you were sort of mus- pushing through to the middle. Uh, and my bows were staying still, sat on one objective. Uh, and you just went forward with Grimbrae on And I kind of left this little semicircle of uh, bowmen and spears, and, and uh, the treasure seeker and Gandalf were right behind them. And um, my intention was kind of just to give you a, a well, a little bit of a trap, I guess. I thought I thought maybe if you go into there, then I'd be able to get some immobilisers off on you, send the treasure seeker in, uh, and and so on. And you, you went for it and um, I guess reasonably thinking you'd probably kill all of them but uh, yeah I just when, did, did you sort of suspect the, the, the concern of uh, Gandalf sat behind there
2: not really no so I expected that to be some free kills more or less Yeah. yeah. so you got me there for sure
0: yeah yeah So I was, uh, that, that was the plan so what, uh, as the game went on I guess it felt a little bit more like a um, I, I guess it just it just came literally down to who who got the strike offs and things like that, and and um, how how well I did in combats. So because I, I think one of the early turns, I'd uh, you you'd won priority, and I managed to. Um, Sort of wrap around essentially because I, I, I gave you the chance to charge Emery Hill and stuff like that, which you did with the uh, treasure seeker and I, you know obviously i don't have my lance bonus, which I guess makes sense, but it did give me the chance to wrap around so um, I wonder what was your sort of plan once once you'd started moving into your, your bears into the into the fray?
2: Uh, yeah, so maybe I wasn't thinking enough. So I think I think you got a really good benefit off of that like initial turn where I went in with the treasure seeker, and as you say, you wrapped me. So from there, it went really poorly because I feel. You have the numbers, so you you definitely kind of had the advantage pretty much every fight, I think. And so. and because
0: one of your bears, because uh, Bjorn who so it was uh, had been immobilized and, and Bjorn still wasn't, wasn't a bear. in the fight, so he didn't. So, and reasons. you didn't have the banner as well. Uh, and Grimbyorn was quite far away. So that that central fight, I had a banner. I also had the fight fight from the uh, the a lot of the pikes and and stuff like that. So it was kind of even fights, but I just had a lot more dice, didn't I?
2: So yeah, I guess I yeah, guess so I, I had probably should have been more conservative. I was hoping to just get knock him or Hill off his horse there, at mm. least make him spend a lot of might because uh, I value the Seekers might less than Hills probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so what I was hoping to do is basically fight you evenly in the centre and just have Grimbjorn completely eat your back line, but Grimbjorn ended up unsupported because the centre was so lost. Mm-hmm. And without Bjorn, I lost the centre completely as
0: well. So yeah. I probably should have just been a bit more conservative there. I think, yeah, because you, you went into this uh, so this channel where the bows had formed a little semicircle, and, and I think you were, you were right that... Uh, You'd, you'd rate your chances of killing those two bows. I thought maybe you'd be calling a heroic combat to, uh, to then kill the back line as well. Uh, but you, you didn't do that. Um, uh, maybe, maybe that wasn't a bad, bad move, but it made you ha- made sure you had three points of might there. And then I think I just won the combination of move-offs and uh, uh, th- things that, that I needed then uh, to, to be able to capture Because I think the, the next turn I called a move and a channel with Gandalf uh, trying to immobilise you so you spent um, a lot of will to try and resist it but you did get the resist Um, but I still went in anyway with Gandalf the treasure seeker who's fight six and can strike and then I managed to surround you with the the remaining bowman and and I guess it was just look of the draw really as to who kind of won that one because I I needed to get a two or more to to strike up and then you've got a lot of high defence so I I, I think you were probably right not striking Um, but uh, I I guess it it, it just kind of didn't it didn't go your way, sadly.
3: It
2: didn't work out. Yeah, I'd much rather have, you know, take my chances and have the one might to move next turn. Mm. And I think I, he, I'd be able to just charge Gandalf at that point. Uh, then and you, you'd kill him. Like, if you got, got him on his likely, own, yeah. yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Or you had the treasure seeker there still, didn't you? Or, yeah, I was think I'd need to strike next turn to kind of not be in the same position, so yeah. yeah.
0: But you're right, you, you could probably tank one turn. But having s- said that, I think I, I, ne- I only spent one point of extra might to, to bump up my wound rolls, but I think I scored five wounds in total is that right something like five wounds um and and you just you just rolled the perfect combination of of bad bad fate rolls it was like a two followed by a two and then a one or something like that which yeah, just I, didn't I save one
2: of them i think yeah. yeah and i didn't get any of the bear saves uh yes yeah, so no i just assumed i'd be fine there but yeah you rolled well i rolled poorly and you know kind of that was probably the end of the game i think that was yeah. kind of the last bit of luck that mattered i'd say at all yeah, I think re-
0: yeah. Re- realistically, with what, only one bear and and a, a, a crumpling numbers, it was it was all a, a matter of whether you could crack through and get any of the supplies with the the Bjornings you'd sent on the flanks. But because Grimbil was no longer there to threaten, I had the treasure seeker and Gandalf who could sort of cover off the yeah, the final bases.
2: Pie in the sky, partially. Yeah, that was yeah. all
0: just firefighting at that point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and the same with Beorn. Um, there, there there was a couple of chances. If you hadn't lost every single roll off for priority, I think you might have had more of a chance to get Bjorn in on Imrahil. But it just I think the the last thing I particularly cared about was just when I spent that last
2: night on the. So I let you take your shots on Bjorn, and just that last combat to maybe charge Immerhill because you didn't have a strike there. So maybe I was just hoping for some leader VPs at that yeah. point. But that's that's about it really yeah. at that point. Yeah,
0: and as you say, for, from there it was uh, it was a it was a win to me, and um, so I got I got two of the the supplies in because uh, at your you just your lack of numbers meant that I could slowly drip drip feed a couple of dudes through to the back line and managed to capture two of the three uh, supplies and destroy them my three were, were held on safely by the the uh, treasure keeper and the uh, uh, and Gandalf and they just you know became basically an irrelevance after, uh, towards the end Imrahil was safe after that uh, after the the line started really crumpling I moved him back out, out well out of range in in with the 12 inch banner but out of range while uh, the remaining pikemen and so on just tried to poke beyond but didn't get that wound through but either way it ended up being a 7-1 win because I did kill your treasure seeker which is worth two points uh, and I got the two objectives, and we both broke each other for a seven-one. So, so a, a really tightly fought game uh, there. And, and you know, I, I could I could tell that if if you had the Grimbeau uh, kill, you know, or survive that first turn, you had more Grimby on, it would be an, a completely different game, right?
2: there'd be more fire. I was already on the back foot I think but there'd be a lot more game left in it there yeah
0: yeah absolutely well uh, well done uh, best of luck for the rest of the tournament you too yeah yes, thanks sir. for the game cheers so game number six the final one here at the battle of numerous Tears, and our treasure seekers have now got all the special rules and the final one to come down was a, uh, the Sauron special rule the unstoppable one so if they get surrounded they get to hit everyone in combat which is all very exciting and, and we're playing contest of champions and there's a slight variant to this rule which is that uh, if you're Leader dies. Someone else in your army randomly picks up another hero. Randomly picks up the tally and can continue adding to that tally. So uh, uh, might be a bit a little less swingy. Uh, playing against Martin, Martin, who is uh, uh, relatively local from from the north,
1: aren't you? Yeah, it's about 45 minutes away from here. So yeah, it's quite close. It would be probably my local local place for a game. There's a couple of shops close by that we can play in as well. So
3: yeah.
0: Grand, grand. lovely, lovely. So, um, first of all, Martin, what have you brought with you for for the weekend?
1: Uh, Well, today's choice was Mirkwood Rangers Legendary Legion. Um, Legolas, eight Rangers with him, uh, gave him the Elven cloak so he get a chance to hide. Uh, One Sentinel in his warband, and then Toriel with seven Rangers, Uh, two captains, both had five Rangers each. So about 31, 30, 31 models? Uh, 30 models for the Rangers, and then the treasure Seeker included. So there's 31 all all in.
0: All in. Brilliant. So Contest of Champions, obviously your army loves to be deploying 12 inches on or, or further back and just shooting the shit out of me. Um, when you saw Contest of
1: Champions, what did you think? Did you fancy chances? Well, as soon as I knew it was faithdoms, I had two choices. One was keep running backwards and trying to take a shot, or try and get my numbers down and get my leader in, at the same time getting him, bringing wounds on for get the tally up, and then also lose wounds and try and get broken and quartered. Um, broken and quartered worked perfectly, but unfortunately um, I had to spend two might on my first shot to try and kill uh Emerald Hill's horse. Yeah. But that helped me because it kept him down a dice for charging, and at the same time, I used Toriel to ha- tie him up for you, so um, yeah, it was, it was going well, but the fact that I couldn't roll a dice to win really wasn't helping me. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah, to be fair, I, as
0: you say, it, your strategy does, it, it relies heavily on Legolas getting a couple of kills early on. Um, maybe, ideally, you want two or three, don't you? And then um, just to punish uh, Imrahil with, by, by shielding with Tariel and striking and all that sort of stuff and just holding him in place. Um, and... Look, you do have quite a bit of might in the army, um, so you could be calling moves pretty consistently. But I think A Legler spent that too early on, didn't he? But I also managed to spend a bit to kill um, one of them with Gandalf and started ch- uh, chopping away at the other might quite quickly as well with uh, with Tauriel and stuff. So I think it, it was it was a might game really, in the sense that um, it, whoever gets the rolls off to win meant that. Imrahil could then try and poke through and fight someone other than Tariel and a couple of turns he did fight Tariel and he stri- struck once and you struck once as well and yep. he, I think he lost the roll off once and, and he didn't take any, uh, he took a wound off Tariel but that didn't ma- matter because she's not the leader um, but I think I eventually wounded her and took all her face off but Crucially, I hadn't killed anything, which, which is taking ages. And you were already one pip ahead. Only one yep. pip ahead, though.
1: Yep, because uh, down to that last turn, because I think we only got maybe five turns there, all, yeah, all yeah. Then. but down to that last turn, I had one wound for Legolas. You had nothing until you got your heroic combat off. Mm-hmm. Killed two guys from it, and that was that was you well and truly done. Yeah, and, no. and by that time, I was well and truly under 25%. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was mad, though. I mean, like the, you spread your line out really, really
0: quite far. Um, and, and I, I was just fighting basically, a, a, you know, a Minister of Warrior and a dude uh, in support against yep. each one because I didn't want to uh, pile in on them because otherwise they get more dice and they can do more, do more kills. But and that, and that strategy largely was working because I, I was just winning all the fights. And it was not not by sort of any particular strategy. Just because I got lucky, I had two dice, and I, if you were shielding, yep. you know, it, you only get two dice. But
1: st- Even whenever I shielded it, my dice just weren't there at the yeah. time. And to be fair... Because of my other game plan, trying to get the later kills up, I wasn't minding that because if it broke, if it'd been done a quarter of a turn earlier, then I would have won. Yeah. So it was, it was going the right way, apart from then I started winning fights. Yeah, yeah. And it went the opposite way. So no, it's a good game, very swingy. But like I said, there was there was one choice, and that was you said about spreading the line. Um, I called three heroic move offs in, in the first, first turn. turn yeah. um, that was to try and get you to either. Come at me like you did, or turtle up and let me switch around you, yeah. and then I could try and keep your keep your heroes compacted in the middle, keep Legolas back to shoot, and let everybody else go in and do the damage and try and get you broken. Yeah, yeah. but. You came out, you, you met the line, and you done more damage than I could. So that was the that was the end of me. <laughs> yeah, and and I
0: think the the crucial thing here is that we're, we're not really mentioning Legolas's success or, or lack thereof in combats because he I think he fought in probably five combats.
1: Oh, he, he won he won he won, several, he won a good four combats. Yeah, yeah, easy. But he just couldn't he couldn't wound. He got one wound, but the main thing whenever he did wound, he was in combat beside the treasure seeker, yeah, yeah. who gave him he he meant them he could win the fight. Because um, he also had done it the turn before, he'd he'd won the fight with the treasure seeker, but the treasure seeker done the kill because the like killed, yeah. s- and that was off a heroic move. So it was, you know, I was, and it was consistent. It wasn't
0: exactly like he was fighting the shield wall or anything. He was fighting, yeah. you know, the defense five yeah. uh, bowmen, defense five pikemen. Yeah. So you know, he should be winning on fights But obviously, if you'd had not spent the two point yeah. of might earlier, if you hadn't needed to, then that would have been a very different story. When you'd have had a point of might to kill. At least two, and then I would, I, you know, it could have could have been a massive difference. And um, as it happened, yeah, I, I did get lucky on that, that last turn, managed to uh, create a nice heroic uh, combat with Imrahil and some friends to to gank a couple of elves, and that's all I needed in the end. It just was two kills, um, and, and that was it. Yeah,
1: yeah, because if, if I hadn't spent the two mate at the start to get the horse yeah. dead, then. You probably you could you could have very easily ran over Toriel straight away, yeah, yeah, and then it would have been you'd have been too far ahead of me. I wouldn't even have been able to catch up.
0: Oh no, you definitely spent so, you definitely should have spent they, the might. Yeah, yeah, it's just did. a matter of not having to. Would have been better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. um, well, even if I could have got got another smaller hero in front of Legolas to kill him and get a mate back, yeah, because that's with a special role for contest. Yeah, yeah. So, so unfortunately but like I say it was a good game thoroughly enjoyed it and pleasure to play you
0: yeah thank you very much Martin uh, I, so I don't know what this means for the tallies but it, I was on table two and I've got a 7-1 win who knows where I could end up what a shocker uh, but either way Martin thank you very much and uh, nice nice to be able to play some locals for, uh, across the whole tournament so thank you
1: my pleasure thank you very much
7: favourite treasure seeker went to Hamish Best sporting and that goes to Gat best painted was uh, was a tie between Paddy McCormick and Tim Ellis. Um, however, the, the tie break in that situation is whoever finishes higher. And mm-hmm. Tim was
8: down at that end of the <laughs> so, oh. <and> Paddy <laughs> Paddy has won best, <laughs> <pick>. <laughs> has
7: won best <laughs> was choice for favourite army, which goes to Tim Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> On to the podiums. Um, fortunately, Connor got beat, so there was a big tie <laughs> towards the end of the, the game again. There were four players on the position um, so, and so announcing second and third place together because they were tied not only were they tied on the first vp they it then got broke on the second vp which came down to um, uh, the most treasure seekers killed uh, third place goes to harry parker uh, second place goes to connor Kerr, who had killed one more treasure seeker than
2: harry oh, wow, wow.
7: Champion um, is Ivan.
0: Yay. So we come now to Journey's End. The Battle of Numerous Tears is over. And uh, I, I'm very, very chuffed because I got a, a third place position. But we're not going to talk about that too much because uh, I'll probably wrap us on that, uh, about that after I've spoken to the winner of the event, which is Ivan Sheehan. Well done on the uh, the win. Oh, thanks very much, Harry. Thanks very much. Yeah, I mean, I mean this, this, you're no stranger to, to top tables here at the uh, the Irish League, to be fair, because you actually got given your trophy for winning the league literally this, week, this weekend uh, and, for, uh, and for also being the best in the league for... Uh, Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, and Scotland in the uh, in the GBHL as well. So, and what sort of top table filth are you bringing uh, these days for a GBHL 90? Oh, GBHL 90. It was uh, it was Army of Dale. So yeah. not the not the most filthy of things. No.
8: But um, there's a few things there that make it work. The heroes are good, not great, but they're they're good enough to kill things. Yeah. You've got the Knights of Dale, so that you don't care if you lose priority because they'll charge you. You will get plus one to wound. You still kill a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fearless and everything helped in four okay. of it's the six on games. everything is that in the you legion you've got swarm protector for the, the king oh, have you right I didn't even it know really that. that that's helped. brilliant yeah, um, yeah and then the um, you still get a load of balls. you have 14 15 bows. yeah so at
0: 715 that's still quite good yeah yeah oh that's amazing and so so what's that must be 45 models guess,
8: 40, well 46 with the treasure hunter. 46 uh, well, so uh, the models big, which big
0: is big and they're all fight
8: four and so there's, there's a lot to, to think yeah and the, yeah, yeah. And defense the high defence yeah so it did well it only broke once yeah so so the, the leader didn't die because it's an infantry leader so you're
0: you're able to protect it quite well yeah it's hard to actually get it, and unless a cavalry model gets to it, but you can try to cushion it a bit. Yeah, yeah, can, you can block. And, and with the, with the, I guess if you've got the guys with the, uh, the plus one de- defense, you can sort of have them hanging around, so cavalry yes. are a bit reluctant to charge that as well, because it's a, a fairly easy thing to box off. But um, in, in terms of the matchups, um, w- was there anything that you particularly struggled? I think I don't think anyone won all of their games. Is that right? No, nobody no. won all the games. Connor so was the only one
8: that could have. Yeah, but you beat him in the last game. round,
0: decidedly in contest of champions. From what yeah. I, could, uh, I could overhear from um, my, uh, from my vantage point on table two, which I won on by the way.
8: <laughs> of the armies I played the one that caused me the most trouble would have been like the I played a uh, uh, David Coleman because right, uh, yeah. so, he has Boromir who's good against killing all my things. Yeah, the elves and these yeah. blinding lights to stop the shooting. Yeah, but it was just the mission we played on. It was, it was it was whole ground so I was able to get more models into middle. Right, and then by the time it ended, I was able to push him out of the objectives as well just right. to have more things in there. Right, but I think that on on matchup wise, I think that was probably the. The most dodgy one. Uh, but, you, but you lost the game, so which uh, one was I that? Lost the, I lost the one in Connor. Uh,
0: yeah. I lost to Connor in the first time we played. Oh, so yeah, of course, you played two games yes. against him, didn't you? And was he, what was, he's before. got a weird, weird army.
8: Yeah, he had the, the Golden King of Africa and uh, a taskmaster and a
0: Ring ringwraith, and then just a load of guys. Yeah, so, so he had
8: forty-eight models. Yeah,
0: and because I, I saw, and I did, to be fair, I did watch. Uh, I think I was in a similar. I think I was similarly next to you. We never played, but we were quite close to each other most of the time. And I, from what I gathered from just earwigging in and watching over, uh, you you both deployed in the shooting war, and you had like fifteen bows, and he had like twenty or something like that. Yes. But you were kind of rank, hoping that that. He, he, he's, his bows would win you on sixes and yours winning him you on fives or so something like that. And I was
8: so, on threes, his fours are
0: fives. Yeah, so you probably should have won those shooting more, but yeah, you, well, by I, sound of it, you weren't.
8: Well, well I, I lost some more models, but he lost more of his bows, so in the end, he just walked towards me anyway. Right. Um, but what, what, whilst the game really was just a swingy fight, but Hesharon uh, and Prince Bard, they were both each other's protect and both each other's target. Uh. So, when, when Bard died, I just lost three points for defending him and he got three points for killing him Right. but if okay. the Sharon
0: dies then it's just a big speed. The, the other way around right okay so, uh, so it could, literally could have swung down on a sw- of the days. very last combat of the battle as well yeah absolutely oh wow yeah well that's, that's <laughs> always one of the best ways to, to end an event so, so in term, I mean obviously uh, in, this, this, uh, this is a relatively small event 26 I think 28 28 28, 28 people and um, it's for this side of the water, but yeah, yeah. small for... Small compar- comparatively to <laughs> some GBHL events I've been to. The, but the what, what I find most interesting is the there's a completely different uh, sort of meta, in, in air quotes, or maybe yeah, it was... Was it first, just because it was a slightly different event, there was a treasure seek, there was think, lots of fun involved? I think involved. maybe
8: that, because this, this does seem like a bit of a lightning in a bottle kind of thing, because yeah. normally there would be a few... Dra- there might be a Dragon Emperor, or there might be an AOL, or there might be a, another kind of like a, a top tier kind of... But there was no, like...
0: Major meta list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I think could help. That, yeah. I was going to say <laughs> that would have helped you, but I, I like. I, I think the only thing I can think of that is even vaguely metary is is like Gulliver and, and yeah, yeah. Angmar, which even then is like kind of outside the thing. Like, there was a surprising number of fiefdoms armies. There was a a good like. Nearly twenty percent. I think it's like four or five. East and yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's,
8: like, it's a massive Those, chunk. Good
0: Rangers Army. Yeah, yeah. These about four Gandalf the White's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like a crazy number of things. So, I mean, I, I, th- I think it's fair to say that that you know, while I, I got that on the podium with with my unusual list, and and you you've, you've topped the podium with with a a, a non kind of meta yeah. choice in a different field. It would be fair to say that they they might not do as well. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, It would be a lot more difficult for me to do anywhere near as well. If I, I still think I would get three, four wins. Yeah. But I, I don't think I'd be pushing for five. Yeah, if you were playing against a Witch King, Soladan combo or something yeah. like that, you would, it's you would probably more. struggle, right?
8: Uh, Witch King Soladan isn't the worst. Yeah, because you, you're still fearless. You're still fight four. Um, yeah. So that's one of the few medalists I think I'd be pretty comfortable playing into. Oh yeah. But a but lot yeah. of them. Assault Florian that's a bit worse now. yeah yeah, uh, yeah or anything with like better shooting or if it has a big hero I'm not normally yeah. I'm not a fan of it yeah that's
0: true yeah. any sort of big hero is like oh okay yeah yeah fair enough yeah the big and things like that which, which oh, we're here but yeah, yeah uh, I, I mean, was next to him once or twice yeah I played him and, and I think I, I think there was a couple of mistakes on his behalf but um, a, a fair good share of yeah. dice rolls on my behalf to, to win him so you know, and enough, a different day it might have ended differently but either way uh, Ivan it's, it's, it's great to see you on the top of uh, another podium I know uh, you're also heading to the Grand grand prix in february is that I right am. so i will be there in the grand prix so i'm also going to be there so uh, who knows you may you well be on the be podcast <laughs> again soon what do you I, I mean maybe it's too early to reveal but what are you planning to take for for february have you decided something yet or is it going to be the dale again who knows it could be dale but i think i'm leading more towards mm.
8: something like riders of Thaden. right just cause small armies 600 points isn't it yeah 600 yeah. points five or six
0: heroes you'll just smash the guy's army hopefully uh, 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 that'd be something i might bring Interesting. Well, Ivan, uh, well done on this this event. Uh, well done on the, uh, the the various different league trophies you've got over the last uh, uh, 24 hours. And we'll see you in uh, see you in February. Thanks, Harry. Thank, Thank you. you very Cheers. much. So we come now to journey's end. I think I've already said that actually is the end. That's not a good good segue. But we're in the car. Sean Sprull, uh, T.O., is uh, ready to drive us somewhere. Uh, I'll chat to him in a bit. But first. Tim Elwes, partner, companion in uh, in travels. Uh, we we drove together. We, we did all this exciting stuff. Um, we have. I just wanted to get a bit of feedback from you, Tim, because Tim, you are uh, you you came along with with a what kind of army? Because uh, you, you were excited about this.
9: I came with uh, bloody hell. <laughs> I came with what I thought was kind of a, a really bad army, like a lowly performing sh- faction on Longshanks, uh, Mirkwood Rangers, Legendary Legion. Um, and then everyone slagged it off as being like a really cheesy, non-fun, not very exciting <laughs> list. So I thought, well, we'll stuff that, I'm just going to have lots and lots of fighting and go lots of combat. So hopefully, although it's boring, I've played it in a more uh, entertaining style.
0: Yeah, because you've got something like 29 models and 29 bows, which is absolutely horrendous in some matchups and some scenarios. But largely, you've been throwing elves into... Uh, Defence 3 elves, it must be said, into combats where there's,
9: there's a strong chance that they'll die. The trouble is, Harry, is what, what my army has in bows, I lack in patience. <laughs> um, two hour games uh, it's a long time to be bent over a table when I could be having a cup of tea <laughs> so I had a couple of rounds of shooting but when they shot practically nothing I thought this sod not this for a game of soldiers I want to roll some dice and they're not actually bad in combat lots of fight fives I got I took nine sentinels in my list so I got to do some fun stuff and set up some ace combats which then my heroes then spaffed and performed appallingly in but actually quite an interesting army to run and play and obviously we have the treasure seeker as well have you mentioned that we had a oh, little yeah, extra, yeah. extra treasure seeker who brought March and a three points of Might into my list? I don't have March as normal, and I'm a bit tight on Might, so yeah, got to do some some shenanigans. Um, didn't I? Don't think I disgraced myself too badly on the table. So you yeah. got three three wins, didn't you? Did I get three wins? I think yeah, I got three wins. You said you said that. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, three wins. When I looked, you know, if I think if I think in that with sort of hindsight or retrospective or foretelling or but I don't know what the word is. If I'd have looked at the scenarios and the pe- and the armies I was against, I would have probably taken two wins, two draws, two losses. I thought would have been okay. It's not really hard for the Merkwood Rangers just at the start, and you know, especially with me piloting them. <laughs> well, there you go, Tim. Tim, partner in crime for the weekend. Ooh, ooh. Uh, and Belfast has been really, really ace. It's it, it's felt quite different scene to sort of around the, sort of the Midlands. Lots of different army. Uh, compositions to what we normally see back at home. Meeting new people. Yeah, it's been a great, it's been a great, great laugh actually. Had lots of fun. It has. It's been really good crack.
0: We'll uh, we'll speak to Sean later on in the podcast. We're here uh, after the tournament. Uh, it's done. We we spoke to Tim in the car on the way uh, to Madame Fur, which is a Vietnamese uh, restaurant. I think I pronounced that right. And. Uh, We've got tournament organizer Sean Spruell here with me. Uh, welcome to the podcast once hello, more. Hello. How are you doing, Harry? I am very well. Uh, you said earlier on in the uh, the weekend that you wanted to trash talk me uh, in the podcast because you don't think enough people trash talk me in the podcast what comedy bans have you brought to the uh, to the podcast no, I've got nothing I just I think I think I think that's doing me a
7: disservice I'm, I'm very happy that you got your third place this weekend oh, well done thank you and I think it proves that you know every down dog can have its day <laughs> um,
0: but yeah
7: no even, even even you players that are no good at the game can
0: sometimes luck your way through Except <laughs> this is exactly what Tim's got something to say. What were you going to... He was
9: particularly bad at Kaplunk.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had. Spoilers. Spoilers, uh, But I, I did play a game of Kaplunk against Tim at lunchtime. Tim got the victory there. But I did play a game of uh, pool with Dave Coleman, uh, the child who I, I, I lost the only game of the tournament against managed to beat him at pool so really who has the moral victory it's me uh, anyway uh, Sean uh, back to the tournament we'll focus a little bit because obviously we're, we're here having drinks and, and food and it's been a fantastic uh, event all around Belfast and Bangor have been uh, great hosts the, the the community has been really really welcoming for Tim and I to come along um, but a little bit about the tournament itself you're, you, you're uh, from Dundee originally and you brought this Casa Dundee uh, tournament here to, to Northern Ireland and um, just give us a vague idea of, of what what the sort of concept of of the tournament is what? What's it all about?
7: Uh, yes, yeah, so I, uh, it's it's my second time being a TO. The first time I ran it in Dundee, hence the Kazad Dundee theme. Mm. Um, I'll be honest, I ported that from the rules pack and sort of just copied all the little law bits and couldn't be bothered changing the names initially. I was focused on getting it across. But um, the idea is that. Uh, I've been to lots of tournaments now and I always think that the more you play tournaments the more you start thinking right? what would I change about a tournament or what would I like to do or what would I enjoy doing so um, my tournament incorporates a lot of the things that I quite enjoyed the thought of Um, so be that modifying certain scenarios I think that's not done enough Um, I think there's a lot of scenarios that are unpopular um, but actually really good scenarios they sometimes just need a little tweak um, and there's uh, things that I also enjoy where if you're not necessarily playing for a podium place you might be playing for something else in the tournament to go your way um, and I don't know if you've talked about it but that was the introduction of the, the treasures in my event
0: yeah so and uh, we haven't really discussed it. I mentioned them at the start of the podcast but we haven't um, discussed them much because uh, the first game I played against the treasure which was the log had the uh, the, Ruby uh, the, uh, the Ruby of the Rat King which which we only found out about at the end of the game that he'd got that uh, that treasure so it didn't even come into it and they have never played any since then but uh, as you say there were there was five of these, these uh, treasures that were coming out uh, across the, the game. and Oh, actually, I did play a second one, actually. That's a, a lie, because I played against Dave, who had a free re-roll, and I could force him to re-roll something as well, which, which is really cool, uh, upside and downside, with, with some of these artifacts.
7: Yeah, no, I, I think, um, I, think uh, I personally enjoy trying to come up with my own rules, and I think I, I love it when events do their own thing. Um, so, in addition, what I, what I introduced here were these, these treasures, that could be found as part of a game, um, and the idea was that they wouldn't be so powerful that they would instantly all, you know, podium people up to the top of the top of the rankings. Um, but if you wanted to play, and halfway through the tournament you realise you're not going to win the tournament, but I've got one of these treasures, or I find an opportunity to get one, um, I might hold on to them. Um, and try and keep them and the, so it played around if your leader died you gave up your treasure essentially
0: yeah and, um, and I guess it, as you say halfway through a game you think oh, well okay I'm not going to win this game but I have a good shot of killing that leader who's got that, that thing I'm going to get that and, and, and I deliberately sort
7: of said um, the theme of the tournament is about treasure hunting and all of that and I, I probably need to play that up next time um, but I didn't tell anyone there were actual prizes involved with keeping them at the end of the event. I wanted it to be a surprise and just sort of, no, I'm, I've am i got my thing, I want to give them up. And so they're all kind of fun, and um, I tried to balance them in that they would provide some kind of small positive, but also give your opponent some kind of thing to use against you or provide some negative as well. Mm. Um, so for instance, the rat king that you had, um, your leader gets followed around by a group of rats who are, use the ruffian profile, and... Um, but the army doesn't know why you're being followed around by rats, so you get a reduced stand fast.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it, there's some really cool ideas. I I, I love that uh, element of it, and and actually uh, not just that with the the treasure seekers, which obviously did play a big part uh, in and everyone's tournament. And you know, just starting on a goblin captain profile, but with an extra point of might and resistance to magic, and I think that was it. And then getting these extra powers per game, you know, whether it was I think it started with Bane of Kings re-rolling all wounds, and then uh, escalated all the way through the tournament. That's that's been a really big part of the, not just about the of, of the fun of the tournament, but also about actually helping your list to a success that it might not have already had.
7: Yeah, um, so again, that was probably the other big change this time. So the treasures I'd used at my first event, um, and then the, the treasure seeker came out of an idea I had for a different event, where you kind of, again, I Lord of Rings is all about the heroes, and I love that, but also I, loved, I love the unnamed heroes in this, so I thought everyone has their unnamed hero, and... They start to get more powerful mm. as the game goes on um, and for for the treasure seekers this time i wanted them to be included in the v- victory points i wanted them to be a tiebreaker for the event um, and i wanted to introduce the sort of list build building challenge i guess of perhaps your um, army doesn't have access to cheap might or is missing a particularly killy hero come the late game um, and the the treasure seeker can fulfill that role mm. so does that change anything um, and i don 't know if it necessarily changed what people were taking, but certainly this event seemed to have a very different representation of army lists and whether whether that's my rule changes were unlocking that or just people wanted to try different things i, I don't know, but mm. they certainly proved popular. you missed the most important of the the rules it had this model had one fate permanently so it could oh, always yeah. save which definitely came up in a few games so it was I won.
0: essentially a 4 for, for a feel no pain wasn't it sure sure yeah, yeah. yeah. whichever way you want to wangle it f- but... feel no pain might be trademarked so yeah, yeah. sure yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah either way it was it was absolutely uh, uh, ace and the fact that it got better and better and better uh, it was just awesome and it just meant it just meant you have, have this this extra target that you you know you can't always kill the leader you know especially so for example against a balrog you know it was like the balrog is hard to kill and that's the leader and that's the always going to be the thing you get the two vps for but in this you're like oh yeah there's that treasure seeker there which you know got fight six by the end but uh, and was three attacks and was unstoppable like sour but you know it's still two wounds uh, and or three wounds by the end and and uh, a, a feel no pain that's 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 killable not maybe not the balrog but that is and that's two vps yeah. which is which was quite decisive in three of my games I got an extra two VPs for it which is yeah, no which no, no, no. propelled me onto the podium.
7: And I, and I, I toyed with the yeah. idea we, so basically we had six powers and each game it gained one and I, I had toyed with the idea of getting everyone to roll individually and you mm. kept track of your own thing and I instantly saw the headache that would cause me as a TO but I also liked, you know, I am adding new things to the game and adding you know, my own rules and I'm not a rules designer so maybe I get it wrong but actually if I get it wrong and both players have something that's ridiculously powerful then fine, you yeah. both just have a really good tool at the end of the game and again no one,
0: can complain. Yeah. no one can complain. No, and I don't think anyone would be. And, and the one uh, the final thing, uh, I mean, the, the pr- there were prizes plenty, It was great. Uh, lots of people got came away with prizes that you know weren't on podium positions. Uh, the the trophies um, you you had really nice ones. There was a wooden spoon for the top the top three podiums, which have been beautifully uh, painted by uh, I think uh, someone's yes. girlfriend, so girlfriend. I'm going to
7: borrow your podcast for a shout <laughs> out here, my good friend Suraj Hawk. His girlfriend is a lovely wee artist. She has, for the first event, I needed four wooden spoons because it was a pod tournament, and she, I asked her just to draw something a bit rubbish on those spoons, and she produced these lovely crafted spoons, and so they became... The most prized thing at my mm-hmm. event, so I decided to do it again. But this time, awarded them to the podium and the wooden spoon. So, yes, very grateful for her for providing the best prizes. I think
0: they were, they, they are. and very, very proud to to be uh, the owner of one of those. And, and and the final thing before that, the the, the prizes is is the uh, you. Uh, I think the first time I've ever seen a tournament organizer do all of the scoring, the the, the sort of VP difference, the the, v- the tournament points all on paper with a pen. And I I could not... Be, especially because you've got 14 VPs potential per, per thing. There's a voice... A, a VP difference is the first tiebreaker. Plus you've got keep a track of all of the, uh, the treasure seekers over, over the course of the tournament. I don't know how you did it, but I, I, I assume there are hundreds of errors. Because <laughs> it was all on paper. Maybe not. I mean, it yeah. it, must have been, it, it, looks, it looked incredible what you were doing. I, I must say applaud it for that.
7: So... Yeah, no, in, in entirely fair. Um I I one I had changed VPs and stuff, so some of the existing things didn't automatically account for that, which is fine. That's what they're set up for. Um I actually I kind of found the opposite I had someone double checking my work someone I, I trusted mm. and who wasn't in a podium run- position anyway um, but actually I, f- I, I did find it the opposite with the paper I would, I would was going through every single result outing out myself and figuring out where people would be mm. and so you can see the mechanisms working whereas mm. I find sometimes when people are entering into computer systems and stuff they just kind of enter it and then later on spot the mistake but th- mm. by then they've done pairings or something and I don't know how many of to where something gets repaired later on and all that whereas I just found with this one if I'm checking it then I get someone else to double check it and you know can do you can do the maths behind it all but it was just you know adding numbers and um, you then realize you can kind of see it happening so once or twice I, I will admit this I caught myself making a mistake but I caught it instantly rather than afterwards going back old crap you know rubbish I've m- yeah, messed up the place to, to do a whole redraw of all the rounds and stuff yeah, yeah we've done I'm that not certainly telling people to do that however it was, it, it was a bit of work for 26 players it's fine but it for, fine for, for 50 small. maybe not it's fine for the small event and you know what um, every round basically fin- the rounds finished on time and for what I prepared in my head as the t- tournament finishing time we finished ahead of that which I think was perfect
0: yeah Sean uh, cracking event was an absolute pleasure to uh, to come along to belfast i 'm glad that, uh, that you, you sort of uh, pulled us over the ocean uh, over this uh, irish sea to, to come along it's been it 's been great so thank you very much and thanks for coming on envy once again yeah no thank you very much
7: i always a pleasure
0: and uh, we 're going to enjoy some more foe aren 't we Tim We've, we've eaten it all
9: now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, OK. Yeah. I, I, I gonna...
7: will point out we have actually eaten it all.
9: Yeah, OK, that was, a, that was a lie. I mean, What I mean is we're going to have some oh, more sorry. beers. Back for the editing, yes, I'm going to eat this all this food in front of me. <laughs> and only few beers tonight to yes, reduce, okay. reduce the... Uh... <sighs> reduce, reduce the, the should, snoring. God.
7: Enmoo isn't filmed in front of a live audience. There are some <laughs> editing mistakes that
9: happen. Yeah, no,
0: it's, it's absolutely fine. There will be no editing of this podcast, but there will be some more Guinness consumed this evening. There you go. So... Tournament organiser... Tournament uh, organiser Sean Sproul, uh, before him Tim, and before that, uh, Ivan Sheehan, uh, legend, the man, the myth, uh, with an army of Dale taking the top spot of this tournament. Uh, worth noting um, uh, that, uh, I, again... I think he he admitted that not the most competitive list but we shouldn't detract from the quality of play Ivan is a cracking player he's he's given me a good smashing before and uh, also worth uh, giving a shout out to Connor Kerr in second uh, Connor um, had a very unusual army with um uh with the go- uh, golden king and some other cool stuff in there so uh i can't, I can't remember what else it was i just feel like it was was there trolls or something like that anyway i don't know what else it was i never played him so i i think he'd ever give me a good fisting as well uh um but anyway there you go um I, Connor kerr second ivan sheehan top with his army of dale and uh in a, in a i think uniquely uh gbhl event where i think there were four fiefdoms armies and I was one of them. Here's me thinking I was doing something unique and special by taking the uh, forces of the fiefdoms. And in fact, I was just like everyone else, mostly. Uh, but there was a high percentage of Scottish folks and uh, uh, Irish folks. So a lot, of, a lot of people who like kilts um, <laughs> at this tournament. So maybe that goes some way to explain why there were so many fiefdoms uh, models. Either way, uh, I think that's probably enough, isn't it, for now? Um, it gives me something to work on, though, because currently I'm the third best player in Ireland according to uh, the IHL the uh, Irish Hobbit League so that's something uh, i'm one of the i don't know what i don't think the rankings are quite um, uh, finalized yet but i certainly am third in uh, I'm, I'm doing well in in the league uh, I'll be in the top 20, I'd have thought, at least. Um, there's a 100-point a, a, a event uh, ha- uh, that's happened in Wales um, the same time as this one. Um, so they, the people who came first, second, third, and because it's massive, probably maybe even the top 10, uh, will be ahead of me on points. But either way, I am very, very happy. I don't care about the p- place in the league, really. Unless maybe I get another third. Maybe even a second. Who knows? We'll find out what happens next time on mood. Thanks for listening. <laughs>